I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. In a drop-top Chevy with the roof wide open, my partner's looking at me to see if my eyes open because I've been drinking and I've been smoking, flying down 285, but I'm focused. 454s, I raise Porsches, white leather seats as fresh as Air Forces. Hey, welcome to the Blackout Tips Podcast. Your host, Rod and Karen. And we're in the house on a Monday. Mm-hmm. A very special Monday as Christmas approaches. Yes, it does. And you hear the sound of those reindeer on your roof. And a fat white man about to sneak into your house and steal your milk and your cookies. We have gone uh, out uh. and got one of uh, Santa's special helpers. Um, who has been on the podcast before mm-hmm. but here's the thing she's never been on the podcast by herself before no i have i have i have i think i have uh I think I have. yeah 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 I you did. sure you sure about this right because i know i had uh had like secretly had y'all both on one time yeah and then <laughs> <laughs> well, it was before that. No, 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 because I had to throw shade on Lamont. <laughs> okay, yes. All right, all right. No, 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 I did it, I did it. So in only her second solo appearance. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is. Well, you know what that means. We're going to have Lamont on tomorrow, right? Right. <laughs> to spill all the tea. Right. We're going to do like, we're going to do like Maury and shit or like Jerry Springer and be like, and let's bring out Lamont right quick. Come on. Jerry, 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 <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> But it is, uh, comedian Rhett Thompson, uh, who you might know from Black and East, uh, Chick podcast, uh, Black and East Chick dot com, uh, on Twitter. She's at Rhett Thompson. That's R-H-E-T-T. And at Black and East pod on Twitter, uh, is her podcast Twitter and she will actually follow you back from that one. Um, what's going on, Rhett? What up? All right. All my chippies in podcast land. I am just too excited to be here. On the black guy who tips. How could you wrap up a year without saying you have been on this podcast? This is just phenomenal. I could die tomorrow and be happy because <laughs> I chilled with Rod and Karen on a Monday in December. Oh. <laughs> oh, Ten days left. This is like an Christmas gift. It's like on the twelfth day of Christmas. Well, on the tenth day of Christmas, that's a true love day to me. I was on a podcast with two people that actually like each other and they're not successful. <laughs> well, we're we're so happy that you could uh that you could make it. Uh, yes, we Red. are. Um you know, you're always uh one of those people we think about very funny. Uh, mm-hmm. everybody loves you when you come on the show yes they do uh-huh. every, oh, i appreciate that yeah every, every time you come on the show i fall in love with you and oh, everything man. goes great and i'm like oh we should have red on every show until and we then we talk this. about them goddamn These swords <laughs> and then i'm like that's right <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> okay, nothing wrong with medieval weaponry come on now <laughs> 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 Many a battle that has been won for hundreds of centuries. <laughs> Don't hate on the swords now. It's too early. <laughs> how's, er- how's everything going with you? You know, your podcast, you know, stand up, all that stuff. How's everything going? You know, it, it's crazy. I'm in a weird, weird place because, like, okay, on the one hand, I've been struggling like Joe Montana. <laughs> I got my struggles. Um, but... <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, remember that when he was mad drunk and he was like, I don't care about that struggles. Well, um, <laughs> he was mad drunk. No, I, I, I have been struggling. Um, mm. I'm still doing a podcast. <laughs> I'm still doing a podcast. Um, but the thing is, in November, I took a, a little bit of a hiatus because I was participating in um, the National, no- National Novel Writing oh, Month. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's like a challenge where they challenge you. It's called NaNoWriMo. Um, it challenges you to write a 50,000-word novel in the month of November. And I was like, hmm, that sounds like a good idea. It's day four, but let me start this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did not make it to 50,000 words, but I, I am uh, pushing uh, about 8,000 right now. So I, I feel wow. good about that. Is it difficult sitting down and just like writing and like what like how what are you writing about like your life story are you like making something up like fiction like what are you doing Well you know it, it, it's interesting cuz I I told myself that um I I wanted to try to flex a different muscle instead of um just doing jokes with you know set up punch set up punch uh let me do straight fiction There are certain things that are based um, in my life, like, you know, you write what you know, mm-hmm. but it, it, it's been an interesting journey. Cause I was like, you know, l- let me just write a fluffy romantic comedy. Let me, let me do that. And of, of course with me, nothing ever can get fluffy. Everything has got to be all deep. Deep and soulful. So that's why it's taken me a little bit longer to do, but I, I'm enjoying it so far. Yeah, and you are. Yeah, yeah. Like basically what the gist of the story is um this chick who is, you know, raised in a very conservative type of um a conservative type of um society, I guess like uh very into her her church and what is considered right and wrong. So you know, she she figures this is the life I'm going to have and this is what I'm going to do and there's nothing wrong with it. But then she meets up with a past love and you know how those things go. Oh, <laughs> oh I, I, I think I know. Good. I think I know where this story is going. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, a, so, a, uh, yeah, it's a little, a little smarmy, whatever, but but it, it's it's working its way out. So I'm, I'm sure by the first, second draft, the 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 icky icky factor will go away and it'll it'll get more tony morrison like <laughs> mm. <laughs> we'll see you know, we'll see what happens uh you know i'm telling you uh the way that a lot of this uh young adult fiction is popping off uh you might want to throw in you know maybe a tournament where they fight to the death you know? i said i said <laughs> <laughs> mm. i already i already got a scene going on where like um uh She's trying to pick out the perfect church hat because mm. <laughs> she's she's uh she's actually uh, college age in the beginning the the where the story begins and uh, yeah she's trying to pick out the perfect church hat because mm. that's what's going to mark her becoming a woman mm-hmm. uh, and her friend her oh did we lose her? Did we lose is oh, not okay. from that area it's like only old women and and little girls get church hats. 
What the hell you need? You don't, <laughs> you, don't, at you, don't, you, don't you don't want to get into church hats. No, no. My my mama has church hats. My mama literally has hundreds of church hats at the house. I bought her a church hat one time. I said, never again. I bought her a church hat, and she told me that the color was beautiful, but she already had that color in the Ooh. fall style. She needed a spring version. I was like, fuck, I didn't know they came with seasons. No, thank you. <laughs> Oh, see, that's the thing. Like, I grew up in a conservative church, very Southern Baptist church. Like, uh, they would look at you crazy if you wore pants on Sunday as a woman. You know? Yeah. So, like, my friends would always tease me. Oh, Rhett, you going to wear a church hat like Sister Bowen? She would wear these ridiculous feathers. Some poor peacock walking around bald because they had to decorate her hat. So I was like, oh, one day I'll be like that, I guess. <laughs> but but uh, I've avoided that. I go to a mega church, which is basically a gigantic white church that was infiltrated by black people. So mm. I don't have that problem. <laughs> so no, no, no church hats at the mega church? No church hats. If anything, it's casual Friday every Sunday. Like, yeah. <laughs> Like yeah, so who got time to dress up and and me growing up uh i went to church as a child and when i tell you uh the attire well we'll put like this old southern attire like mm-hmm. my mama was really old school she was like slips and girdles and you know those type of things and when i got grown and stockings and shit like that and i got grown because i used to i didn't understand why and she was like like i said as an old school type of shaming women you know it's one of the things where you know uh she didn't want to see your ass shake you know, and it was one of those things where I'm grown now and I'm like, fuck that. I wear open toe shoes. I do not. I, I'm straight protest. Like I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm the opposite right now. It's like, I would wear pants. I would open toe shoes. You, you know, if I choose to go wherever I choose to go, you're not going to tell me what to wear. Right. No, that's the thing. I mean, I, I'm, I appreciate going to a church that's very inclusive. And at the end of the day, it's more about, you know, I get something out of the message and I do feel like it's helped me in my life. Like I, I'm not a perfect person by any means, but, but I feel like it has helped me on my own journey. However, there are certain things that like kind of bother me. Like I, I wonder if I'm, um, if I, if my daughter is going to be missing out on a lot of cultural things, mm-hmm. you know, like if, if we, if she was on a game show in about 10 years, like Jeopardy and they had a bunch of black church questions i think she would totally bomb in that category when you watch jeopardy and you see a bunch of smart white people and then they have the black history month questions everybody right. it's just they don't answer or they get it wrong every answer is frederick Douglass or martin luther king it'll be right. like who's um, the in boys in the hood uh martin luther king like she is going to be like that person <laughs> yeah i could just <laughs> see uh i could just see this uh theoretical game show and they could be like um so who is normally on the fans that you use to cool yourself during the summer? And it should be like, why would we need fans when we got... <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean the air condition don't work? Yeah, we got perfectly good <laughs> exactly. air conditioning. <laughs> exactly. Cause all of, and and that's, that's funny you mentioned that because I do mention that in the book because we had basically, we had white Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, 
Martin Luther King. Yep. And the only woman allowed was Mahalia Jackson. She mm-hmm. was on our fans. Yep. <laughs> and all and the fans were provided by the, the black chain of funeral, funeral homes. Funeral homes, exactly. Right. On the other side is the funeral home. On the other yes. side is Martin Luther King. And on the front side yes. is Martin, and, and he's he looks tired and weary and hot as you are. And, <laughs> and, normally, and normally by that time, it's a crease in the fan, and Martin's kind of linked over anyway. Right. Yes, yes. But the, you know, my my daughter's going to miss out on that. And the only thing that bothers me is like, you know, I'm I'm still trying to come to terms with it. But you know, the history of Southern Baptist churches, mm. um, basically, you know, during slavery, they would make a point to preach to the slaves and let them know that it was their place. God created them as slaves, and they should be satisfied with their their role in life. You know, the slaves obey your masters, blah 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 blah. You right. know, like wives obey your husbands, but but you know, they, but they omit certain things. You know, you're supposed to obey your master the way. You know, you would obey Christ. You know, you, Christ mm. is not flogging you upside the head, you know, mm. or raping you in the middle of the night. So, uh, but the thing is, the, the idea of being preached to by a, a white preacher, I was like, uh, is there something wrong with this? This power struggle? I'm letting this white man tell me how to live my life. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, I, I, like, is she gonna uh, be able to identify with things like, you know, um, leaving church late? You know, because we're not starting you know, on the, time, the, right? Because the white church, you know, they typically they start on time. They end when they supposed to. They're they the first get thing you, at Olive Garden at eleven thirty, right? They get you in and out. Like you can make plans if you go to like a, a multi-denominational mm-hmm. church. Or you can like actually watch football, mega church. Like you can make plans for what to do with your Sunday. When you when you ask people that go to the Southern Baptist Church. What they're doing Sunday, they tell you going to church. Because there's the no whole day. Because that, because you don't know. It might not be the whole day, but it might be the whole day. Yeah, Yo, you got three services. It, it depends on who is preaching. I remember uh, our original pastor, Pastor Williams, Pastor Frank E. Williams. He would church might be uh one oh five and it might be two thirty. It mm-hmm. depended on what was going on that day. Right. And then you see all the dudes kind of the dudes that ended up at church who weren't old because super old people tend to stay at church because they know they about to die. Right. So they can't test things out. You know, they can't right. test you know. So <laughs> God taking attendance. <laughs> but yeah. you know they out because the Browns was playing or something, you know. Right. Old people be old people be trying to act like uh like like in college when you didn't go to class all week all year. So you try to cram for the test at the end. Like yes. they, they be in church uh-huh. cramming for the exam. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. But uh, yeah, man, I, it's gonna be interesting, man. Do you now? Do you feel um any way about her not getting this experience, or do you, like would you ever like take her home for Christmas or take her to see the grandmama and be like, let's go to uh black church this 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 uh Sunday so you can see what it's like? Uh, I don't know, cause the the the, the problem is it's like. The, the church that I grew up in, so many of my friends left, and I felt that it was so pretentious. Like, I'm mm. like, ugh, can I tolerate this? Right. Can, I, can I tolerate this? I don't know. Like, because then you got to be all phony, fake. Like, hi, how are you? Haven't seen you in so long. And you're like, oh, bitch, I don't even like you. Right. <laughs> you know, they probably they probably was judging you when you got pregnant in the first place. You know? Yes, very judgy, very, very judgy. But I, I tried. Look, 
when I first moved down to Miami, me and my family, we tried. We tried to shop around different black churches, mm. and it was just too hot. Or I, I was like, where are all the young people? Mm. Where are the young people? Because it's like, They're like, we got shit to do. Yes, I guess the club is still going on on Sunday mornings. They can't make it out. (laughs) And it's true, they do have club. I think it's like club space still goes on. That club is bumping to like five, six, seven in the morning. (laughs) Have you, uh, have you been watching, uh, Blackish? I have, I have, I, I, I have. I feel, I, I feel like what you just described could be a great episode of Blackish. Like yes, a, it could be. An episode about, you know, the black church and like how Andre and them don't go to a black church anymore, but he <laughs> feels like that's making his kids soft. So then he takes them to the black church and then we watch him revisit like some of the bad things about going to black church and how he doesn't really like it either anymore either. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's probably coming up next season. <laughs> that would be awesome, man. I would love to see that because uh, yeah. I love that show. That would be. I I would enjoy it. I would enjoy that because it is something that you wrestle with. I mean, mm. I guess people back home. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe it's like a, a certain education level. Like I'm not trying to poo-poo people who you know who stayed very traditional or whatever. But the the problem with going to college and you take classes like it's supposed to expand your mind, but then you start playing around with thoughts and ideas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> knowledge opinions right viewpoints that might challenge everything that you've been taught and yeah you meet people from other cultures that have different religions and different backgrounds and you stay up late talking and drinking and getting high and shit and yes it's like it's very it's very um bothersome yeah (laughs) it's bothersome and in a way i kind of wish that um i was still in the matrix in my bubble of ignorance. <laughs> so do you uh, feel like I, you feel like you know too much to be going to church? Like do you, or do you or do you go to church for like the edification for your daughter? No, no, no. I, I, I do believe that it has helped my, my soul. Mm-hmm. I, I do believe that. Like like what I like about it is like I feel like there's practical applications, you know, mm-hmm. for my day to day life and survival. Like that I do appreciate. So I, that that is the main reason. Like I, I don't just go to go type right. of thing. And I do feel like it does help instill morals in children. Mm-hmm. But there are certain things that I wrestle with because technically, even though my church is very, um, like, racially integrated, mm-hmm. um, like, at the core, really, if you dig into, like, the fine print, it is technically still a Southern Baptist church. Right. And one of the big things that Southern Baptists hold on is that homosexuality is a sin. Right. And I I do have a problem with that because my attitude on homosexuality has evolved and I feel that it is not a sin. I feel that that certain people are born a certain way. Right. And um, I don't think that, I I think that if once you condemn people and say that they're sinners for being, for just living the way that they were meant to live, you are giving fuel to haters, you know, to persecute them and, you know, do all other kinds of things to make their lives hell. And you don't want that to be like taken on by your child too, because, you know, that's such a, especially at a young age, you don't really have an understanding necessarily uh, a full picture or whatever. And it is kind of antithetical to a lot of the things we teach kids because we teach kids like share, don't judge book by its cover, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, you know, ha- make friends and all this stuff. There's different lifestyles. And then you just don't want to throw in there like, 
oh also if one of your friends happens to like the same sex uh they going to hell (laughs) you know what i mean like it's a lot to just throw at a kid yeah you know that because i like i actually think church especially like the fire and brimstone church is a lot to throw at a kid anyway you know what i mean like this is like yeah, it, 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 it is here's a list of rules because that's how i learned was here's a list of rules and if you break them you just go straight to the devil so that's- good luck <laughs> you know don't don't break any of the rules and it just set you off to sell you was like look i just learned how to do this uh easter speech right you know I, this is just too much and the thing is right. like they don't tell you well uh you know you give forgiveness and people right. mess up all the time you and to, you you'll know. figure it out like it's it's a mm-hmm. lot it's like at least in the churches i grew up in it's a lot less like compassion and hey we're all sinners man but that's why we got jesus it was a lot more like you're going to hell all y'all going to hell you're going to, you're going to hell your mama going to hell you yeah. get some hell too you want some hell too you yeah. got it over there I was walking down the street. I heard you listening to some hip hop music. That's going to hell too. Like (laughs) everything was going to hell. So I, 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 it just made me like scared as shit when I was like a really young kid. Like I was just scared as hell of church and I was scared of all these rules and I was scared of hearing them talk about this shit. And the whole time I'd just be in church like, I'm going to die and go to hell. Oh Uh, no. Exactly. (laughs) So I, so like I think when I grew up, I, I just checked out like, Oh well, shit! I don't want to be thinking about this every Sunday. Bye, you know. So I exactly, stopped. exactly. Well, that's the thing. It's like you know, you don't want it to get to a point where you feel like, well, that's going to happen. So whatever. What, what's the point? Right. What's the point? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's like you say. You lo- you learn too much and you know too much, and it's very hard to like put the lid back on the 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 the, the mayonnaise. I guess is yeah. If the mayonnaise is knowledge, you know what I mean. Like it's. <laughs> <laughs> And that, well, it, the homosexuality thing bothers me. Yeah. And then also, too, uh, with uh, Southern Baptists, definitely is the uh, lack of women in leadership roles. Yes. Correct. I, I do have a problem with that. I'm not I'm not going to be, you know, I'm loath to say that, oh, I'm a feminist, blah, because I don't think that I am, but I guess I kind of am. <laughs> but I find something very problematic when 80% of the people attending church are females and then they're being preached at by 20% of the males. You know, right. I think that there, there's like a disconnect there. I feel and, like, I feel like we're all kind of feminist, but I don't want to be associated with that group. So like, cause, <laughs> cause like, I don't know anybody that don't believe in equality between the sexes. Like, I don't see why women should make less money for doing the same shit. I don't see why. Uh, someone should be blamed if they're sexually assaulted. I don't see why it's okay to street harass people. Like, I believe right. in these things. I do too. But if you were to be like, Rod, you know, you're such a good feminist, I'd be like, stop talking to me. I don't like you anymore. Mm. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, I think that, uh, I, I, I'm loath to call myself one because I think I got caught up in the whole thing of like, well, feminist equals like crazy white woman, uh, that, it's been that movement has been pretty exclusionary to women of color that what they're fighting for isn't necessarily what I'm interested in. So yeah, maybe if if there was another group, uh, if they could be, see, if I say black feminist, that makes it seem that I'm being feminist light, 
Four o'clock. <laughs> 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 if I say feminist dark, that's all something totally jacked up. But uh, <laughs> it's like feminist dark. It's like, and, and, like white chocolate, black chocolate. Like like white chocolate isn't really isn't really chocolate. White chocolate is like yogurt chocolate or whatever. That's not really <laughs> So so Rhett is a Rhett is a diet feminist. <laughs> I'm on diet feminism right now, guys. I'm not. I'm trying to watch my calories and uh, you know my intake of carbs. Well, I think I think too much of black feminist is really you. You cannot be a a feminist who is a woman of color without including the color. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? There, there, there's too much that is like there's too much overlap. Like, you know, those circles that they have, you know, it's like, I can't do it right here. But it's like when you have something that's like uh, in common that you can't get rid of, yeah. that thing is, is, is too important. As a, a woman of color, you cannot get rid of the color out right. of the feminism, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you, you, yeah. It's, it's, it's impossible because, like you said before, a lot of the issues that affect women of color don't affect white women. Mm-hmm. And we all have the same issues as far as like pay and, you know, being treated equal to men, but there are things that specifically women of color have to deal with that when you talk about these things, not that uh, white feminism, white feminists don't care, but a large percentage of them don't care. Some do most don't care because they feel like it's not their issue and it's not their plight. And that's where the division begins. Yeah. And then not, not just to mention, I mean, a lot of times they just straight up are ignorant and erase black yeah. shit. Like, I was listening to a podcast, uh, one of my favorite podcasts, Three Guys On, and they had um, a guest on there, and he was talking about Al Sharpton, and he's a white dude, and he was like, I don't really like Al Sharpton, he just exacerbates the problem and makes things worse, and while that white dude probably thinks he's a pretty cool dude, pretty sure he'll be like, I'm not racist, he probably thinks that, you know, he's for the you know equality he's against police shooting unarmed black men that statement right there is just so full of white privilege and so yeah. full of like a lack of awareness because he didn't even know why he didn't like al sharpton and i think it's pavlovian <laughs> which is when i hear al sharpton i have to think about racial problems and i don't like thinking about that shit so i don't like thinking about him right and so I, I don't I, like him right and i and i right. think that's what a lot of black feminists have to talk about all the time and they have to always fight is just they have to stay vigilant because there's always this constant like uh white privilege just pervading the feminist like spear and yeah. it's just, it'll run you over. It'll just run right by your calls and be like, you know, Beyonce is a problem. She's problematic because of so-and-so. But Taylor Swift is the best. And you're like, motherfucker, what? You right. Know? Well, see, that's the thing. Like, I, I feel very torn because, like, I hate, hate, hate being the, the racial ambassador to white people. Like, that is, you know, but at the same time, you know, it's one of those things you damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like, I don't want to be the, I don't want to be thought of as the spokesperson, but at the same time, I don't want people getting incorrect information, you know, so I'm kind of like torn, like, ugh, I don't want you asking me questions about hair. But at the right. same time, I don't want your adopted child looking crazy if I have <laughs> done something to intervene in this situation. <laughs> like, it's like, and then it's like, oh, that's partially my fault that that child is walking around six years old with a damn weave in his head because he ain't know what to do. You know? So it's the same thing with like white 
women, feminism, like, I feel like, okay, you, you become part of the movement or part of the, the quote cause or the fight because then, okay, you should be able to change things internally, blah, blah, blah. But then at the same time, why should I change things internally? Why does this have to be my, why does this have to land on my lap? Why am I responsible for this? By by the way, um, I have to mention, uh, for people that are listening to the podcast later in audio form, you got to go to the hour eight minute mark for Rhett's camera to turn on. And the thirst in our (laughs) chat room is so real. Oh, she's gorgeous. It is so real. It's like, I don't even think it matters what we talk about for the rest of the show. Yeah, her we hands just, all poofed out. We could just make up shit. Let's just, hey, you know what? Actually, I don't think Bill Cosby did it. And, um, I'm on, you know, I'm actually on the side of Don Lemon. Who cares? Yes. I agree with his wife. She should stay. Right. They don't even, they, damn. Well, they, they, I feel very flattered. <laughs> I, I feel very, very flattered, uh, you know, as a, ch- as a child who, uh, through, uh, elementary, junior high, high school, that was considered more of a nerd versus a hot chick. Uh, I, th- I think I've done all right. I yeah. think I clean up pretty well. You, you, <laughs> so. you do. And I, I feel like we need to get, uh, we need to get us like a fund going so we can make sure, uh, Rhett can get a new laptop so Thirst can be. <laughs> I mean, it could be in HD. I know you guys hate waiting for an hour for her camera to start working. So, you know, you might want to go to blackandeastchick.com, see what y'all can put something on her books. And donate. You know yeah, that mean? would be good. Like, you know, I, and I, I was thinking about getting my hair cut today, but I didn't want to risk it. Because, <laughs> okay, let me tell you. Okay, first of all, uh, I, I'm a very uh, cheapskate individual. All right. But uh, you got to be very careful. Anybody, I don't know, care, white, black, whatever, particularly black. Uh, you can't just go to any old person to cut your hair. Mm-mm. So uh, and especially if you wear your hair natural, like not everybody knows what to do with, with that. natural hair. No, they don't. They're like, ah, they get freaked out. <laughs> you know, like, what am I supposed to do? So, but I found this really cool uh, Argentinian dude who cuts my hair and I love it when he does it. He doesn't have all the hair products, but I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll deal with that. But at least he gives me a good cut, but he's way across town. So I always have to like, you know, plan a trip and, you know, like time it just right. And he doesn't have all these clients, but he does it for me dirt cheap. But I haven't been around that time, that, that part of town. I just couldn't fit it in. But I was like, Oh, I want to get my hair cut. I'm going to be on the black guy who tips. Uh, there's a hair cuttery right around the corner. <laughs> I'm not that, a hair cuttery. Uh, yes, the cuttery. The you mean you talking about like super clips? <laughs> yes, exactly. It's one of those chains. Right. It's run by Mexicans. <laughs> so mm-hmm. like, I'm like, oh, do I do I dare? Like I usually show no, them my driver's go. license and say, do this to me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and always, always they're like, uh, mommy, you want to do keratin treatment? I'm like, no, I don't want. See my driver's license. I have an afro with that driver's license. This is why I need you. To do. No. But you know, we make your hair really straight. We'll do like, it straight, mommy. No, you know, like, no, no. I don't want to go through your cultural nonsense. I, I would be scared. I've never, I've, you know, I've never in my life been into like a supercut, super clips, none of them places. Cause I'm always scared. If I go in there, I walk out and my hair will be so fucked up. Yeah, they will fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Okay, I grew up in Akron. Akron, Ohio. Oh. Uh, <laughs> 
everybody. See, if anybody has listened to my podcast, I mention that child every single time I'm doing my show. So it was only natural that I was able to mention it here. But anyway, uh, when I was in the 11th grade, I was dating this boy who was a year ahead of me, and he was his senior prom, right? And, uh, you know, we was my family was really poor. And, uh, you know, I didn't, I was, we didn't do stuff like that, you know, but my mom, she gave me the money. I could buy a really nice prom dress, you know, get my hair done. But it was like, wow, I, I just didn't get my hair done. You know, my mom always cut my hair. And uh, my mom was like, what about this picture in this magazine? This looks really cute. And I was like, okay, cool. Uh, bad idea. It was like a white style, but it was like ringlets. But I was like, okay, I think my hair can do that. But it was like, okay, where do we get this done? Oh, well, this place called Supercuts. <laughs> Supercuts could do it. I went in there. Those white chicks, they, they didn't know what to do. Because not only are they like mid, they're like in the Midwest, white chicks working at a super Supercuts. But it's like, I live on the poor side of town. So it was just a... a, a, a um, uh, a nightmare, a, a, a whirling storm of disaster. So fast forward several hours later, they tried to do what they could. They didn't have any of the right chemicals or products or hairspray right. or anything. My boyfriend comes to pick me up and I'm walking down. And by this time, it was very hot, very humid. It's July in Ohio. I come down the stairs. I will never forget the look on his face. He was like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> <laughs> Mm. What the fuck happened to you? <laughs> it's, it's, he was like, if you was going to look like that, you could have done that on your own. You had to pay somebody. Right. That is the worst, man. A bad haircut is the worst because... <laughs> I know for a, for a guy, it's not as bad because for a guy, you know, like it grows back in a couple of weeks, you get another chance. But when you get that bad haircut, you go back in your mind like the film uh, Usual Suspects and just see all the clues that they was going to fuck your head up. Right. Like, Nobody was sitting in his barber's chair. He kept on, he kept wanting to talk about the Knicks versus the Bulls instead of looking at my hair. I heard him say, oops. Why did he pause? <laughs> After, you know, why did, he, why did he pause after the Clippers made that weird sound? You know, how come everybody else had a line and they said they would wait? Well, yeah, why didn't, he, why didn't he use grease on my head? Right, like you have all this shit in your mind. Like, I knew he was going to fuck up my hair. Why was I stupid enough to sit in this chair? Like, I don't know what the equivalent is for ladies, but do y'all ever have that same, like, after your hair's fucked up, like, I knew this person would fuck my hair up. Yes, yes, yeah. very, yeah. very bad. Cause, and you know it because you see the look in their eye when you first approach them. They look petrified. Like, you you yes. know what? I, I think it happened, and, and I don't – and this, I, this was years ago, and it was one of the uh, places, like, connected to the mall, like, years ago. And mm. I, uh, I think I needed, like, uh, a relaxer and a cut. And my aunt, I don't think she knew what to do with my hair. So she took me to the place and the lady jacked my hair up so bad that after they finished and I had to go home, they ended up having to rewash my hair because they had to end up making sure they uh, washed the relaxer out completely. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because she basically left pieces of it in there not really knowing how to relax my hair. Like you say, didn't have the right chemicals, uh, jacked up the way she cut my hair. And from there on, I, I don't, and this was years before super cuts, super clips and all that stuff, but that like scared me so bad. You can have cuts in your name, but you better be, uh, Bob's cuts. You better be, uh, cuts, cuts and fades. You right. better be, you know, it's funny Jimbo's though. joint. That's, it's that, that's the problem. You know, like for white people, 
They have the luxury. This is this is what this goes to my white feminism issue. Mm -hmm. All right, like white people have the luxury of like they can go to a supercuts or uh, a hair cuttery and pretty much, you know, somebody just graduated from beauty school, but more or less they will have, do a decent job on their hair. There is no nationwide chain that a black person or you know a person of color can go to and say, you know what. Uh, uh, super fades with the right. Z. You know how they always spell fades with it. It'd be F A D Z. There's no place like that that has instant name recognition and be like, you know no. what? That you know what? I've never been to Raleigh, but I know if I go to Super Fades, right. I will be all right. There is no place like that. No, there that, is no place. We 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 don't have a chain, you know. And and a lot of times, the, honestly, what I realize the more unique the name, the better they do your hair. You know, if, if, you know, if, if it's grease and more, God, that's the place you need to go to. <laughs> well, we'll never, we will never have equality in America until white people can learn to cut black people's hair. Like, that's my new line is once black people, once white people learn to cut black people's hair, that's when we can go. We've finally reached racial and post-racial society in America because that seems so far away. Like having some a, do fall in few ha, having a first black president that doesn't seem that 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 we we achieved that oh yeah but but being the first but like having a sense of safety and security walking into a supercuts that's something I can never see us achieve no that that that's never happening and and you know somebody black cuts Barack hair and you know somebody black does his wife's hair and his well, kids even if, hair because yeah, no. Even, like well, like you said, there's exceptions here and there. Mm -hmm. Even if I found out the presidential barber was white, it might be one white John B. looking motherfucker. But it's not gonna be a like whole a whole, whole lot of yeah. It's not like he says I can just go to any supercuts. President Obama got to go get his shit tapered and, and lined up by somebody that that's familiar with the black haircut hairstyles. Nah, yeah, it's not. It's never going to happen. White people will never learn how to cut black people hair yeah. on a, a regular. You know who will though? It will be a bunch of Koreans. Mm -hmm. They sell the hair anyway. And they might as well know how to cut it. Yeah. So oh, oh, that, oh. That actually, I bet you. Uh, you know, because that would be a very very smart business. Like if, mm -hmm. if a black person started a franchise, a nationwide franchise of like bar, uh, black uh, barbers or barbershops or stylist shops, that would be smart. Like listen, instead of look, listen, Subway or Applebee's open the super fades, but no, some Asian dude is going to listen. Get him if they idea. can figure out a way to line you up and hit you up with four chicken wings and fried rice. <laughs> These the motherfuckers will take over the country. It'll we'll have a Vietnamese president by the end of the next term, guaranteed. They'll be like, they, they'll be like, I vote for him. This this chick fried rice is good, nigga. They combine that <laughs> shit. Yeah, and they the, got my vote. I tell you that much. <laughs> and the thing about when you talking about barbers, most barbers in the black places they don't ever go by their real names. Mm -hmm. You mm. know, it's Big John. Yeah, you know. Well, a lot of them learn to cut hair in the joint and stuff, and then a lot of them, you know, got warrants and baby mamas and shit. So you can't go by, you know, your government. You try to get paid in cash. It's a cash transaction business. I mean, there's a, there's reasons for that, you know. That, but 
well yeah you know when you get your hair fucked up because it's like you talk to the dude and he's like hey man howard jones and you're like oh <laughs> yes. that's your that's like, your oh, real name you yeah, to, like, you're like yeah you about to fuck my hair like, you, like sometimes you sit in the barber's chair and then everybody look at you like like a brave like a firefighter going into a burning <laughs> building that's when you better run if, like look at him right if the whole so brave stops. so brave so stupid <laughs> Right. If the whole place stopped, because you know, barbershops, you know, it's Saturday, everybody's talking and joking. You know, you got the environment of the barbershop, and then all of a sudden everybody stops and look at you. You better get your black ass out that chair, or yep. white ass, or wherever. Get out the chair. All the sound from the game turned off. Right. Everybody looking at you like, you sure you want to do that? But I just, and you, and you know it's bad if it's a barber slash, you know, hair shot where even the beauticians is peeking around the corner going, mm, baby, I won't let him do that. Yeah, somebody, my somebody in the chat was like, a bald dude talking about getting his hair cut? I wasn't born bald, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't born bald? They no. They not with being a bald baby. There was a point in time where I had hair, guys, okay? I cut this off myself. <laughs> I still have hair. I'm just not trying to fight the good fight like LeBron. I let that shit go. <laughs> Rather than looking like George Jefferson or some shit. Um, this is the Blackout Tips podcast. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Leave us five star reviews and we, uh, promise we'll read them on the, uh, show regardless of content as long as they're five stars. Uh, you can also do stuff like go to theblackouttips.com. Uh, sign up to become a premium member by going to theblackoutist.com slash premium. We are putting out premium shows left and right. Mm-hmm. Uh, put out a few. Uh, Karen put out a new Lip Smacking Good with June from Harlem. Um, there's a uh, new balls deep sports. There's a uh, new movie reviews. Uh, I know we put up top five interstellar TMNT and we have guests on those, uh, Christian and Sandy check, Chris Lambert from the mundane festival. And we also have, um, uh, my man Sterling, AKA the wound God on the train age meeting Ninja turtles reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you like these movies, if you've seen these movies, I think you'll enjoy it. Keep in mind, they are spoiled reviews. So if you have not seen the movie or you plan on seeing it and you don't want it ruined, don't listen to them because we Please. spoil them right away. Immediately. Like it's not a game. Like you, mm-hmm. you know, you think I'm fucking around and right during the intro, I just tell you to spoil it. So right. make sure you guys, uh, you know. So we wanted you. Yeah. Make sure you guys know that stuff ahead of time. Um, and there's more shows that'll be coming out soon. Um, but, uh, hopefully people are enjoying those premium memberships. Uh, definitely getting people signing up for Christmas and stuff, and we think that's so dope. So we appreciate you guys. Yes, we do. Uh, the show is brought to you by Tweaked Audio. Go to tweakedaudio.com. Get yourself uh, some nice earbuds. Uh, they contour to your ears. They they have all kinds of different um like uh, that's another thing I forgot to mention. They have different attachments that go to your ears. Like mm-hmm. sometimes you put them in and you're like, oh, this is too big. This is too small. Well, they have other sizes that you can put in your ears to make it fit more comfortably, mm-hmm. uh, just in case. And then also, um, they're high quality. Yes, they are. Um, mine still haven't broken at all. I, I think I even watched them one time by accident. Uh, they're still working, but yeah, I like the fact that they don't tangle. Right. Yes, I love that. And you get 33% off when you use our code TBGWT. You also get free shipping. And to top it all off, it comes with a lifetime guarantee. Mm-hmm. And the lifetime guarantee is where it's at. What if my headphones did break? Because all headphones eventually do break. Yes, they do. You can just send it in and get some more rather than going to the store and shopping around and finally deciding to get the cheapest one. Because don't we always decide to get the cheapest one? And then we end up 
breaking that shit and coming back 30 days later like damn like it breaks on day 31 right when the return receipt just goes out mm-hmm. and you got to get some more save yourself some dough save yourself some headache and some worry by going to tweakedaudio.com using code tbgwt mm-hmm. um yes it is it is worth every dime we got the smaller ones and i got the big ones that i wear when i do the show so if you come in live on spreecast those are the ones that i have the over the ear ones and they're a little bit more expensive, but they are worth every dime. And, uh, of course, uh, the official wep- weapon of the show is... The taser. And the unofficial sport... Is bullet ball. And bullet ball extreme. Um, now, let's uh, go ahead and get into the show. There's all kinds of news, all right? Um, I guess we should start with the segment that we didn't get to yesterday. Mm-hmm. It's time for the Cosby Show. Ah! <laughs> That's right, guys. It's time for the Cosby Show, uh, the saddest show on TV. Um, <laughs> Karen, Karen, why don't you pick a number? I'll let you go first. One through, it uh, looks like about 16, maybe here, 15. We going to do number five. Number five. Cosby breaks his silence. Oh, shit. He speaks. The cause has spoken. And uh, he decided to uh, go to the site. What are you doing? Uh, He decided to briefly talk to a New York Post reporter Mm -hmm. of all the places on the mounting rape allegations against him, which now include accusations from former supermodel Beverly Johnson. The reporter was able to reach Cosby by phone at his Massachusetts home. Because where else is he right now? Shout out to all all the black women that had his back until Beverly Johnson came out. Right. There was like, oh, black women? Yeah, I believe oh, he did I, that shit. I like her. Hold up. Yeah, I thought, I thought, you know, if anything, I thought that he, he has a particular niche, you know, very much white women and light-skinned black chicks. Mm. I was like, oh, Beverly Johnson is pretty, pretty brown. She's honey brown. Yeah, so brown. maybe it's just brown. That I, is the I, bona fide brown woman. I think he has a particular niche, which is rape. So I think right. that is his thing. <laughs> You know, oh my god sometimes the fetish is uh you know that's just crazy it's oh there's just too many facets to this it's too much so he too says much. he go he says to the uh he didn't address any details of course but he decided to give a lecture to the media specifically the black media mm. i feel like me and karen i feel like we're we're kind of in the black media i feel like red has a podcast Maybe we yeah. count as a black man. Maybe he's only counting Ebony and, and 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 Jet. I don't know. Of course. Let me say this. I only expect the black media to uphold the standards of excellence in journalism. And when you do that, you have to go in with a neutral mind. Oh, so is there a problem because you feel like the white media is the only media that's covering this and tearing you down? He, well, you know what it is? It's not that. The only people that have defended him have been black people. So Correct now. he's trying to rely on like, see, 
they trying to they trying to bring a brother down for mm-hmm. for all the black people to be like you know what nah, i can yo. ignore the 21 rapes that's close i i think mm-hmm. it is a conspiracy it's a mm-hmm. conspiracy no nah, your dick is bringing you down sir <laughs> but, it's, but uh, like uh I don't know. I mean, the thing that's so disturbing about this, like, okay, rape definitely is, uh, that, that is a crime of, of power, right. you know? Correct. And I'm just trying to figure out where, what, what is, what is the thing? You mm. know what I mean? Like, if you're a man with celebrity and, you know, people definitely throwing themselves at you anyway. Correct. Like, why do you feel the need? Like, if you got enough, poontang being thrown at you anyway why do you have to be devious about new poontang like it must be like the hunt right. the hunt and the stalk and the kill you know just like a like a predator yeah like, i really do think it's the it's his thing you know what i mean like he doesn't want like because it's like not to be too presumptuous it sounds like a lot of these women were okay with sleeping with him because, you know, you hear, like, some women were like, we carried on an affair for four years. Or, you know, like, I, you know, I went down to this house expecting blah, blah, blah. And then it's just like, then I took a drink and I was passed the fuck out. Like, right. they, like so it's almost like he wanted to take it away from them. Like, no, I don't want you just to consent to this. I need you to be totally passive in whatever I do to you. And then wake up later and you know not remember so is and, and that, that's the thing that like gets me because i understand like you know like look everybody has their own uh sexual uh things you mm-hmm. know and if you want to have like a like a bdsm like a bondage type of thing a sadomasochistic thing going on that's cool but you should have a willing partner right. so right. you know you know, with a safety word, you you have that. But this is like, you have a man in power who needs to exert more power. Like that's the thing that, that is very disturbing to me. You know, you, you are manipulating these people. Like it's one thing if like, um, you know, you're using the whole casting couch and you know, he's not the only one that has done that. Right. But what I think what's what is bothering people is the the drug thing, the mm. drug. <laughs> because I'm sure there's many a Hollywood star or celebrity or or anyone in general who's used that casting couch thing. Um, he's just one of those people that um, the light has been shown on him. Yeah, well, Correct. it is it is, it is kind of worse because to me it just points out that it's your thing like right you know all the excuses that people could make it's like no nah, you he you, just he just like unresponsive women yeah you like that they can't consent that's Correct. that's your thing like if they could consent you're like i'm not really interested in this pussy um he's, it, it makes you wonder like his relationship with his daughters like i know right. that they've had like issues with substance abuse but i just figured it's because you're a kid of a celebrity mm-hmm. you know the issue with your like how do you interact with your wife right and and when you bringing up children you coming to make me think how many of his children seen these women come in and out how many you know i mean how his children may have known about a lot of this stuff and just never said anything publicly because nobody's really asking them so you don't know what they've seen their daddy do and to me it's even more egregious that he would run to the black media for protection because 
this is the same black culture that you completely sold out right um when you gave your 2004 speech to the NAACP awards now i do understand that um you know people would uh go well, well you know these are the same things my grandmama says about black young black people and and black culture yeah your grandma's not a rapist though so right <laughs> you know i might i might look at you a little different if i fir- mm-hmm. found out that you're giving the pull your pants up speech while also talking about uh going out here and raping people um he says you, uh yeah go yeah, ahead okay, go ahead no, no, because I think this goes to the whole, like, uh, it was just a thought that I just had. It kind of goes into the whole, uh, n- not a little bit more than the do as I say, not as I do type of thing. I think that in his mind, like, let's say allegedly, because in technically he has not been, you know, charged or, or has not been convicted. So technically right. one would say alleged, even though there's a lot of fingers say the way to rapeville you know but mm-hmm. uh it just seems like if these allegations are true and i tend to believe that they are that you? this go this goes to more of like this crime the crimes against women are not as important no or not as serious nope you know you can use a woman's body like it's garbage and it doesn't matter Mm-mm. because that is not a real crime that that doesn't add up or measure up to is the seriousness of uh, someone with baggy pants. Yeah. And also, man, let me just throw this out here. He wouldn't care about Michael Brown. He wouldn't care about Trayvon Martin. No. He he doesn't care about this. There's a reason he doesn't speak out on this shit. Cause he thinks that's their fault. Correct. From his speech that he gave to the NAACP says, but these people, the ones up here in the balcony fought so hard for, Looking at the incarcerated, these are not political criminals. These are people going around stealing Coca-Cola. People getting shot in the back of the head over a piece of pound cake. And then we all run out and are outraged. The cops shouldn't have shot him. What the hell was he doing with the pound cake in his hands? I mean, can't you just substitute cigarillos for pound cake? I wanted a piece of pound cake just as badly as anybody else. I looked at it and had no money. And something called parenting said, if you get caught with it, you're going to embarrass your mother. Not you're going to get your butt kicked. No, you're going to embarrass your family. So, you know, like his his sentiments, I, like for these people that defended him on some like black power, like, you know, solidarity shit, that's not who Bill Cosby is. Mm-mm, he doesn't care about... I don't think people federalize the same black community that support him, the same black community that's actually a lot of people defending him. It's the same black community that he does not care anything about you. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, so I just disappointing. Yeah, Correct. So disappointing. It is, but Terribly see, disappointing. he died for me in two thousand four, so it was okay for me. Like with me, I was just like mm, that speech at the NAACP. That like I have to not picture you as a as anybody i can't picture you as cliff huxtable outside of the, the show right and i think like, like that was my moment where i was just like and eh, okay so i like the cosby show but i don't pro- i probably wouldn't like bill cosby if i met him and that sucks Correct. but that's just the way life is sometimes you know like i might like r kelly's first album but i wouldn't let that nigga around my daughter or my loved ones right so correct you know, this I, is just one of those things like you know uh you know as, as a comedian it's like you know I, i'm listening to bill cosby like i have his records those things are collector's items mm-hmm. uh i guess those have depreciated anyway um 
the idea of like, you know, that being one of my first comedic influences and, you know, I, I got to see him in person um, uh, several years ago and it's amazing to see him do material. I mean, this was a couple years after his son uh, was murdered, right. but he was able to do like, it was, a, it was close to three hours of material. He doesn't use an opener. It is solid three, two and a half, three hours of just Bill Cosby. And to be able to have like that kind of level of consistent, uh, you know, performing it at that level, at that age for this long, you know, it's just, it, it it's, it's one of those things like, okay, you kind of have to reevaluate how you look at all of your influences right. or heroes, you know, yeah. like, like would you Chuck, like as much as you like the show, would you have gone backstage for a drink? Now knowing this, right, right. <laughs> that's really, that's really the test. Like everybody that I found that was feeling like kind of wishy-washy or the people that were outright defending him, I'm like, yeah, but would you take a drink from him? Then you think he kind of did that shit. Come Correct. On. Yeah, like, yeah that, that's the thing. But you know, I think my saving grace is I think I'm a little too heavy for him. He he seems to like him yeah, a little. You know what? Little you know what? Right. You, you say that, but I feel like if he offered you a cappuccino, I feel like you say no. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I agree. Would. I'd be yeah. like, this is odd. I, like a, a lot. A lot of women I saw were like, yeah, that, yeah. But he 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 didn't seem like he was in the black women. I'm like. Yeah, but would you take the chance? Because I wouldn't. I'm a man. I'm a fucking man. And I'd be like, nigga, I'll drink water from somewhere else. I'm okay tonight. (laughs) Um, He said, they asked him how was his wife handling it. And he said, love and strength of womanhood. Let me say it again. Love and strength of womanhood. And you can reverse it. The strength of womanhood and love. That is a mess. He uh, cut the... he cut the conversation short by saying they don't want me talking to the media and then he ran away. Of course. I, you know, the thing is crazy. Like, remember after his son Ennis was murdered, that was around the same time that he was, quote, being extorted by mm-hmm. that young lady who said that she was that he was her biological father. And she ended up going to prison. You know, his lawyers were powerful enough to make sure that they did not take a DNA test. Um, she ended up yeah. going to prison for extortion. We need to relook and re-examine that case. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise yeah. me if that is his daughter. Yeah, well, there's a, there's a, yeah. Like him. And the thing that's crazy during that whole thing, right after that, that is when he ended up, just coincide, coincidentally, uh, he, he was able to make such a large financial gift to Spelman College mm-hmm. that there is a building named after Camille Cosby. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking after all this rape stuff, no, she he forget the building. He needs to build her an entire HBCU. There's an HBCU <laughs> right. that's about to be renamed the Camille Cosby University because of this mess. Karen, uh, did you already guess the mm-hmm. number? It's Rhett's turn. All right, Rhett, your turn. Give me a number. <sighs> uh, it has to be one through ten. Yeah, it's like one through about seventeen, maybe. Oh, okay. Then I'll do, well, my birthday was the 19th. So I'll say, I'll do 16. 16. Good. All right. Let's see. Three, good. six, nine, 12, 15, 16. Uh, Janice Dixon released co- pictures of Bill Cosby in his uh, rape robe uh, to the internet. Um, I feel like we've already took show pictures of this, but. I think we have. Yeah, but I don't think we read the article, but I mean. Uh, I'll put the picture in the chat for people to see. 
again um but that's his post-rape robe according to janice dixon um janice dickinson i mean uh people might know her as the crazy lady that everybody tries to discredit but i mean when it's 20 women i'm inclined to believe crazy let me throw a couple out there um cosby's wife camille finally came out and spoke to the media Mm. (laughs) karen what was that mm for Mm. (laughs) everybody was speculating was she in on it does she know anything is she naive is she another victim in this well uh on monday she defended her husband from the mounting sexual assault allegations against him and compared his situation to the rolling stone account of a university of virginia student's gang rape now, for people that don't know, what? the Rolling Stone, of course, had to issue a retraction for an article they wrote about a woman who uh, they alleged was gang raped. Uh, they had changed some names, but they didn't talk to the people accused of the rape. They found out that some facts may have been wrong, that some, uh, you know, she might not remember things correctly. They wrote a scathing retraction that actually blamed the woman, Jackie. Correct. Uh, Jackie is her pseudonym, but they named her, you know, they, they, they basically blamed her and said we were wrong for trusting her and made it seem like she made the whole thing up and this never right. happened. Um, even with the retraction, even with the things that are turning out to be different, it doesn't prove that a rape didn't take place. Right. right. You know, That's right. She, she went through some traumatic stuff. Who knows which facts she may have gotten wrong. Um, right. you know, and the way that they wrote it, what it should have just been a mea culpa of, Hey, we didn't do our job. And at the end right. of the day, that's not her fault. Mm-mm. That's our fault for not doing our job. Correct. You know, we thought things were going to be a little too sticky, a little too messed up. So we didn't want to do our job. And it turns out we should have done our job. The end. Right. Being lazy. Right. That's what a real apology would have been. But instead it was, you know this rape victim tricked us you know so here coming back to this to this uh camille cosby comparing this situation to the rolling stone account is her basically saying like well they just had all 20 of these women just have some facts wrong and all of them the media is just being misled by the 20 something women with their facts wrong everybody lying even 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 the men that's the money men lying the men that says that right. i paid these women i could show you receipts that the I- man that went to someone's house to like grab her and get to bill Cosby's house to grab this woman who was obviously under the influence of something and get her out of there because he called her mm-hmm. uh she called him i mean like these aren't things that just it's just these women's word against his at this point. Mm-mm. She said, it makes you wonder mm-hmm. how much Camille Cosby knew. You're right. No, I've, been, I've been saying that for a while. Because, you know, that's a certain generation where, um, you know, especially I would imagine being married to a celebrity, you kind of accept that, you know, extramarital activity is going to be happening. Mm-hmm. You know, that, you know, you listen to anyone's <laughs> grandparents talk about that. You know, it's just like, don't, don't embarrass me in front of everybody and don't make no babies. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was pretty right. much uh, a fact of life. But I think that the extra burn is the, the drugging, the drugging part. I think that if it came out that Bill Cosby had 20 extramarital affairs, he been in public eye for 50 years at least why wouldn't he have i mean people would have been fine with that more than fine with that mm-hmm. it's just the damn drugs that damn rape that damn non-consensual sex and, what's messing this whole thing up 
And what's so jacked up about it? Who's to say that he hasn't done her like that? Nobody really even knows. Like, well, you know what? It sound like this is his shit. Well, you know what it is though is even if you say, um, well, he was just a guy who had many, many affairs. He also was the guy who fucking lectured and moralized to Black America. Right. So I don't give it a pass. You know what I mean? Like, and constantly telling us how we ain't shit. Yeah, it's still fucked up for him to do that. Like. Once you start taking on the job of criticizing black black people's more morality in America, you better be a paragon of motherfucking virtue. You like, better, you know, you just don't get to do that. And uh, I understand that. Um, to me, what's funny is, at best case scenario, he tweet he cheated on her with with dozens of women or some shit. Mm-hmm. Right. That's best case scenario. You know what I mean? Like, and that's saying that everybody consented. Yeah, she's still coming. Like, no, I don't believe it. What? What? You just don't believe he was raping people, but you believe he fucked all these women? Like, so were you cool with it or not? She wrote, "The man I met and fell in love with, and whom I continue to love, is the man you all knew through his work." Cliff Huxtable. Well, I I added that. He is kind. He is a kind man, a generous man, a funny man, and a wonderful husband, father, and friend. She said in a statement obtained by CBS News, a different man has been portrayed in the media over the last two months. She then blamed the scandal surrounding her husband on the media. There appears to be no vetting of my husband's accusers before stories are published or aired. An accusation is published and it immediately goes viral. We all followed the story of the article uh, in the Rolling Stone concerning allegations of rape at the University of Virginia. The story was heartbreaking, but ultimately appears to be proved uh, proved to be untrue. Many of the media were quick to link that story to stories about my husband until that story unwound. Camille Kazi was referencing the Red, the Rolling Stone article we talked about earlier. None of us will, um, Kazi's wife concluded by saying, none of us will ever want to be in the position of attacking a victim, but the question should be asked, who is the victim? Uh, it's just like, uh, like, this is like the stand by your man syndrome. You know? Yeah. Because like, she's, she's damned if she does, damned if she doesn't. Because if she stands by him, like, at least she could pretend this is, this will go away. Just like everything else has gone away. Right. And she, they've been doing you know, it every so Every other long. lawsuit, every other, you know, accusation. But mm-hmm. times have changed, and I really do think that him and his uh public relations and everybody around him still is running off of a 1984 structure like it's almost like they have not adapted at it's all. not it's not even about that though at this point that, like that's her she's a savvy woman she knew to mention the rolling stone article Correct. That's savviness. That's someone who's keeping up with their posts on current events. Mm-hmm. She don't want to believe this shit or she's complicit in the shit. That's the only two ways that I can Co- see it. Correct. Like, right. no, like I, as much as I believe Karen loves me, nobody loves me that much. Hey, I got accused of 21 rapes. You know, bitches be tripping. Come on, man. <laughs> Can't explain but you them. know, that it's one of those things where it's like, well, we've been together for so long dot 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 you know of course i'm gonna stand by my man and dot 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 means and i'm okay with a little bit of raping i mean or a lot of raping. i'm gonna get this money when he dies a whole lot of raping i'm okay with that fuck these women that's she might as well release a statement being like fuck them bitches and just kept it rolling right saved a lot of characters which is so crazy because you know if you would have looked at their bios 
from before all of this, you would see that, oh, Camille Cosby is known as an educator, and she has her PhD. She's not dumb. She's You know, she's not a stupid woman. So either he has this amazing, incredible double life, or, you know, she knew that he was messing around, but she didn't know that he was a predator. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, that that could be possible, too. I mean, look at... Uh, What's his name? What was the guy that was the the serial killer that was really hot and he was getting he was getting women to like uh, to go with him because he like he would say that oh my leg is broken or something oh, and uh, they could help it, him. Was it Charles Benson? No, not Charles Benson. Uh, Ted yeah. Bundy. No, Bundy. Yeah, 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 Ted Bundy because he was so attractive and women were not intimidated by that. Think about it. It's Bill Cosby. He's telling you that he's going to help you with your career, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, you don't, and then you probably figure out, oh, well, I'm the only one. I mean, that's the whole thing about women and protecting, you know, this is just, she's just another, Camille Cosby is just another woman protecting Bill Cosby, you know? It's sad to see, honestly, but I mean, like I said, uh, maybe it's, maybe they're in it together. Maybe if he goes down, she goes down, so she's got to protect her investment. Oh, she knows what And I'm not just talking, I'm not just talking about financial, like, Maybe she's like, I was aware of all this shit. Where cool. he kept the drugs, mm-hmm. how he would trap these women. Mm-hmm. I would, you know, make them feel at ease and then disappear in the middle of the night, like some of the stories said. Correct. You know? So anyway, yeah, because uh, it's more. I, yeah, I agree. It's more to that shit than meets the eye. Vivid is willing to pay one million dollars for a Mama June sex tape. Who wants to see oh. that bullshit? What is they gonna dip in mud? What the hell is happening here? Nah. How is that gonna happen? What? Why? A lot of people, you know, are into the BBW uh, section. Yeah, um, they are. A bit I get of, it. And babe. I'm not shaming, but... A lot of bees on this BBW. You know? <laughs> um, Mama June... She gonna lose it. Well, I remember there was an episode where she had bugs in her shoe because her feet were so dirty. And oh. she said her, shoe, her feet were like... Uh, this, her one foot was all messed up because... She got ran over by like a forklift or something at her old job and it messed, deformed her foot. And yeah. it was like a huge, like, like, ugh. And now you're going to be sexing? Ugh. That's, that's the new commodity now. Yeah. I mean, I get it, but Jesus, it's like, I guess that's what, first I'll pimp out my child. So we can get this reality show. Mm-hmm. Then I will cla- cling on for dear life by having the next tape for the freak nature of it. Why? I don't like. For just to keep that, that money. A million dollars. And like, is Vivid anticipating high sales? A million dollars? Apparently so. Like, who's the people that are going to be like, I'm going to spend money out of curiosity and watch this like a nature film? You know? Somebody is. <laughs> Like you're not like a nature film. Yeah, you're definitely not touching yourself to this, man. Mm-mm. Unless you're touching yourself to the idea of dead dreams and shame. Yeah, like watching it like a documentary. Uh Mama June uh apparently is being offered a million dollar paycheck if she gets down with the uh down in the mud with Sugar Bear in a redneck sex tape. Vivid Honcho Steve Hirsch has reached out to Mama June and Sugar Bear offering them up to $1 million and maybe even more if they bang on camera for Vivid's BBW site. Her says to June, we believe you would fit into that category. Of course. 
Because like, there's a, lot a of... redneck porn uh, section. Yeah, uh, apparently yes, there's a BB. There's, well, no, there's not a redneck section. Oh. There's a BBW section. He said you would fit into the big, 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 beautiful women section. So, um, Vivid will let June call the shots. Some sugar bear can perform multiples. We've tossed around some titles at TMZ. Uh-oh. They were they wrote here comes Honey Boo Boo's mom. Uh-uh. Slap slap the thigh, ride the wave. Uh-uh. <laughs> it must be jelly cuz she ate all the jam. Oh Ooh. lord, I like that one. And what's eating Mama June? Ooh. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, but but no no talk of 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 Mandingo. No no, no. talk of any racial <laughs> scene. No, no, no black cock in there. No. <laughs> no, no. No, no. no. Mama June ate all the biscuits. Uh, Miss, Miss June Shannon, the, from, uh, at the Learning Channel, Care of Discovery Communication. Dear June, my name is Stephen Hirsch and I head Vivid Entertainment, the world's leading adult film company. We are known for our award winning movies, which include our library of celebrity sex tapes. They include films starring Kim Kardashian, Kendra Wilkinson, Tila Tequila, etc. I see they left out Nico and, um, Mimi. Mm-hmm. Um, is it was it was her name Mimi? I can't remember mm-hmm. her name now. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Mimi Faust. Um, right. I guess she didn't make it. One of the new genres that's become popular on Vivid TV and Vivid.com is BBW, which stands for Big Beautiful Women. We believe you would fit into that category because we at Vivid are behind the times. Mike Sugarbear Thompson and you should seriously consider making a movie with Vivid that could earn you up to a million dollars or more. We will make the experience an enjoyable one for both of you and give you as much creative input as you would like. Please call me at your earliest convenience at the number below to discuss this opportunity. I very much would like look forward to speaking speaking with you. TMZ get their hands full of everything. What they do? Photocopy this shit before they send it out? <laughs> I don't know, but somebody sent it to them. But yeah, Mama June Sugar Bear sex tape. Uh, no interest in seeing that. Mm-mm. I would, oh, but but yeah, they don't want to put any black people. No love in hip hop. What, Honey Boo Boo Mama? Well, Mimi, see, that I would that I would be interested to see. Well, Love in Hip Hop Atlanta had Mimi Frost and um I can't remember Miko. the Miko having sex, and they got a sex tape. And when they highs rate ones, yeah, uh, yeah, they were having sex on that shower rod and stuff. So you know, um there is a market for it. Wiz Khalifa. Apparently, uh, has a sex tape, but he's not, he doesn't want to put it out. He oh, does. why not? The people want to see. Mm-mm. No, they don't. <laughs> no, I don't. You don't want to see, a, uh, y'all don't want to see 70 pounds of Wiz Khalifa on, uh, naked on stage, on, uh, getting on it. Well, you couldn't see him. His whole fucking body tattooed, ain't it? Um, uh, yeah, but, um, he's a, I don't know if you've seen him. He's a slender fellow, for the record. <laughs> Real skinny. Yeah. Look at that, them pictures. Yeah, this is him. Um, uh, that's supposed to be a picture from the uh, porn, well, from the, the home tape. Although, who took that picture, right? I don't know. A poor cameraman. And no, unless it's your uh, soon-to-be ex-wife, no, I don't want to see it. No, no. Rhett is not a fan. That looks um, like, uh, you know, well, first of all, you know, I like my man big, but <laughs> that being said, you know, I can appreciate other um, types. Right. I wouldn't want it, but I would appreciate other types. But I'm just like, you know, he looked like 
You look like, you know, when you, um, you, you know, when, when your mother is getting old and she starts dating dudes and then you see dude getting a little too comfortable in your mama's house mm-hmm. and he's sitting on the couch just in his drawers. Yeah. I guess I'm the only one. That's what that looks like. Some old black dude sitting in his drawers, just but sitting, hanging out. He just he looks so, they just look so basic. Like right she and she's not even that attractive no offense to her. she's not yeah. even that attractive mm-hmm. like there's nothing like and then this is you coming look at off that, of, you look i'm sorry this is coming off of amber rose right so this is such a downgrade it's like you left amber rose to film porn with this chick Ew. but is she is she an actual uh yes is she an actual porn star yeah or her is name like- is carla howe h-o-w-e she's a oh, play, oh. playboy playmate Oh, so she's just trying to fuck for fame anyway. Well, so her thing, really her thing is she can't, she did address this on Twitter. She said he filmed me, not the other way around. I don't need cat to cash in on the tape, which is, which was made uh, for private viewing with no intention for the public viewing. Are you serious? That's you really said. think that this is private? This is ridiculous. Mm hmm. This is ridiculous. No, private, you know, I hate to say it, but it's like, it's kind of like you have to, um, get back to basics. Like, I would like, I think what would be refreshing is to see an actual couple with like a shaky camera or a tripod and you could tell that it was really meant for their own viewing and it, it got actually snuck out. You know, that is what I would like to see. Yeah, looking of. at looking at these promo pictures, I just don't believe their story because the story nope. is he filmed this with his iPhone and it's just for him and oh, no. she's shopping it around, but she's not shopping it around. That's a professional. People are talking about buying it. I don't know that the sex, actual sex tape will look professional, if you know what I mean. Okay. But I do know that these promo pictures were done professionally. Right. Yeah, definitely. And it's just like, it, it, you know what I think is sadder? Is like I think if you are a recording artist, it's bad enough when you your your uh, songs aren't selling mm-hmm. and you're not hot. But maybe he's holding back his tape because that isn't going to sell either. Like maybe it's the <laughs> like, what do you do when your sex tape is a bust? Right. Mm. No one wants to see you getting off. <laughs> your sex tape went. Your sex tape went wood, man. It didn't sell any copies. <laughs> your sex tape was harder than you. Right. Um, that is just terrible, terrible, terrible. Um, but you know what's funny though, uh, and this is what this goes for both of those sex tapes. If they came out, I would probably watch them, even if I just was laughing at it. Like even just to be like. Look at this motherfucker right here. I can't believe. Like, if you really want to sell a million dollar sex tape, have Wiz Khalifa fuck Mama June. That's the only way I'm, you know, going to spend my hard-earned money. I need the most worst possible combination of the two. (laughs) Just a train wreck. Just a train wreck. So, But the thing is, it's like, you know, look, I'm not, I would not say that I'm a pornography connoisseur. Mm -hmm. I am not. Like, I I, I don't think, I I saw my first porno when I was a a freshman in college. So I'm I'm still all, you know, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed when it comes to all of that, you know? (laughs) But I I used to think that people watch porn because you're like, oh, you know, baby, I want to get in the mood. Or you want to get yourself in the mood. Or, you know, it was some type of carnal desire thing going on. I don't know. Like, now it's like people just having sex. It's just like a freak show. And you're like... 
it's like, do I want do I want to watch this this comedy or do I want to watch this? <laughs> right. Like, yeah. And sometimes it is a comedy. Yeah, I definitely understand <laughs> the, the feeling. I, I would only watch it just for scientific observation, not like I don't I don't I don't find any anyone involved in this these porn to be sexy either either case. Mm-mm. Um. The AKA's Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority has reversed the decision that we talked about on the show last week where they said, hey, we don't want you guys wearing our paraphernalia to these protests. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have decided, you know, um, not to do that. Because people were mad. People write, for those of you that don't listen to the feedback show, we actually had people write the feedback show and were saying that they weren't happy with it and they weren't pleased with it either. Well, some people were pleased with it and they were okay with it. True. So, you know, we had people They were okay with people not wearing the the leather? Yeah, they were saying, like, you know, we don't want to look like we're politically affiliated with anything. We don't want to do this. And I was like, I can't speak as a member, obviously, because I'm not a member of any frat or sorority. But as a third party observer, if there's not like if I had a daughter and now it, it was like she's going to college and she wanted to pledge a sorority, uh, and I saw, hey, the AKAs are out here on these streets trying to make things better for black people, there's nothing I would be more prouder of than her joining them. You know what I'm saying? Like, as opposed to the people who gave them like mandates to their members to like stay out of it. Don't put your or, or you can go, but don't wear our shit. I would be like, yeah, see, I'm not as, you know, optimistic about having my kid involved in that shit. Yeah, they're part I, of the that, community that's too. a shame. Yeah, so uh, the a, uh, the AKAs did reverse it. The Delta Sigma Thetas did not. Sigma Gamma Rho, I guess, did not do it. Wait, but, they did not what? They did, like, they were in the same boat originally? Yeah, as, yeah. they the, all the said, AKAs? don't wear our shit to these protests. The AKAs are the only ones who reversed it as of yet. Um, and they wrote, uh, a, a letter was written, uh, by who was her name? Dorothy, Dorothy Buckhan, Dorothy Buchanan Wilson, uh, who's the international president of the sorority. She said, we expect our members to be actively involved in sur- solving the social justice issues raised by those cases. The immediate response throughout the country has been the protest, march, and or rally. We strongly support and encourage our members' peaceful and lawful participation in these activities, and as such, we issue guidelines for participating in these events. We do not want to be distracted from our mission of fighting for justice and equality for Michael Brown, Eric Gardner, Tamir Rice, Dontre Hamilton, and the countless other young black men across the country victimized by criminal justice system that places little value in their lives. However, it appears the request to refrain from wearing the sorority letters has become a distraction and a distortion of the sorority's position on these issues that is diverting attention and effort away from the broader fight to secure social justice and reform. We are therefore relaxing our original position on the wearing of the Alpha Kappa Alpha paraphernalia and attire. So I just think that I think that's dope. I I mean, I guess that is, but that's that just sounds like that's under pressure. Like I'm now, I'm just cynical about the entire thing now. What you know what? To to me, it sounds like somebody that listened. Correct. Because I feel like a lot of times, and you know, especially going to HBCU, there's like a certain there's a lot of conservativeness. In black culture that doesn't get talked about because it's assumed that because we mostly vote Democrat, we're all progressive and we're not. And there was a lot of do what we tell you to do because we say so when I went to my college. Uh And I think that in some of these historical institutions, 
there has to be a fight against that and there needs to be a explaining of why correct and i like that they were confronted by their members and by you know people around the world or whatever and they said yeah you know what you guys are right our bad and they moved off of it because it sounds like the other two sororities were like fuck that you know like like uh too bad you know what i mean so i like i kind of want to give them credit for coming off of it and i do feel like the they didn't apologize and i feel like they were trying to like they saved a bit of face with the wording they didn't want to be like we was wrong but they did want to be like why why would we be talking about this when we should be talking about these dead black people because they're bigger than the organization and we're supposed to be out here for the causes and like i said uh sororities and fraternities are also part of the black community you can't you can't separate them yeah i mean i i get it if they did not i mean if they want don't want the letters to be tarnished if someone gets caught up in a riot situation mm-hmm. where they're damaging property and that sort of thing i i totally get that you know but you would think that if they are part of your sorority that they would be responsible anyway and they wouldn't be involved in violence that level of violence right but i i think that this also goes back to you know our our hidden history not hidden history but I think that, you know, hindsight, it's easy to look back on history in in rose-colored glasses. Like, we look back and think, oh, why would the AKs and other, um, the main eight or whatever, like, why would they be saying this type of stuff now? When back in the day, it's very easy to say how, oh, all these different black people marched with King and they did their thing to end segregation and blah, blah, blah. There was a lot of black people that were fearful of what, dr king was doing not because that they were uncle coming or uh, uncle Mm -hmm. toming or whatever but it was more like okay is he going to cause more trouble than now you know is he going to get our children killed you know being very conservative conservative you know and you know why would i put my children in 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 this type of position to you know get beaten up by by the cops and bit, bit up by dogs nobody wants to think about that you know, they think that all black people were marching together and singing mm-hmm. Kumbaya and trying to get, you know, voters rights. And it's not necessarily the case. Correct. Well, well, for the record, their original email wasn't, hey, don't go participate. It was like, we encourage you to participate. Just don't wear our shit, which is why it didn't come off like, well, we're just not on the same page with these protests. We don't really support it, which, you know, is a position that I could understand to a certain extent. Not that I would agree with it. But that thing was more like, well, we just don't want to see anybody getting arrested in our colors. Right. And right. I'm like, but if you get arrested for a good cause, Correct. then that's like, there's nothing I would be prouder of. Like, Correct. If, if someone got arrested in a black guy with tip shirt because they were saving a baby from a rapist, I wouldn't be like, this <laughs> motherfucker, why would you do our brand like this? Like, you know, so I like personally, like I said, personally, I feel like, I'm proud of them for turning course, for reversing course on this. Um, but at the same time, I do understand the original, you know, hey, this is kind of messy. Let's not get involved. You know, like, let's I, not get our colors I, I, involved. I, I'm kind of curious, though, because, you know, th- there was a time when I was in undergrad or or even before undergrad that I I really wanted to to pledge AKA. I thought that, 
you know, that was my destiny and things mm. did not turn out that way because, um, the, the chapter that, uh, that I would have pledged, they, they were no longer accepting folks from my school, blah, 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 blah. But so I, I am not part of any sorority, but I am curious, other than this, um, the, the series of protests that are going on, are there any other events or, you know, activities that sorority fraternity members are told not to wear letters to? Like, right. are they told, hey, if you go to go to R. Kelly concert, you can wear our colors, but you can't wear the letters. Like, right. is there any other <laughs> situations like yeah. that? That's questionable, sketchy. Right. You, 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 might, you, might... Wall Street, you can't wear our letters. You know, I'm just curious. If you yeah. go to shop at Whole Foods, no. <laughs> if you're you going to go see Tyler Perry movies, you yes, keep our letters out of curious. it. I am I'm very, curious. very curious about that. Because Maybe we can ask them, you know, get them. Yeah, I, I would be curious. <laughs> um, if you're going to go on a date with a white dude right. who looks like a white dude that's like an Opie, like a white dude, and not like a... Uh... <laughs> not like a John B., you know, Justin Timberlake <laughs> John, white dude. Yeah, you can wear our... Right. You can um, wear our colors, not the letters. <laughs> um... State officials in uh, what, what South Dakota mm-hmm. have a bit of a controversy on their hands, guys. Okay. Public, uh, uh, apparently they had a don't jerk and drive campaign. What? What What state is this? South Dakota. Oh. People jacking off and driving? Don't jerk and drive. Uh, you know, very serious <laughs> issue that has affected many, many young men. Um... So, um, so is that the car? Yeah, they they have created some. Uh, they created some some billboards that said jerking isn't a joke. Hashtag don't jerk and drive. Uh, on second thought, don't jerk and drive was too risque for the state of South Florida. I mean South Dakota. Yeah, for you. I was like South Florida. This would not be a problem. Right. <laughs> That that pub- yeah, because they got short zone. They don't have to be covered up in the wintertime. That public safety campaign intended to raise awareness about the dangers of jerking the steering wheel on icy roads played on the double meaning of the word jerk, which can also be used as an infamous, a euphemism for masturbation. <laughs> well, they got that all wrong. Officials admitted... Officials admitted to the newspaper Argus Leader that the double entendre was intentional. The message is that we'd prefer drivers to keep their cars out of the ditch and their minds out of the gutter, said Lee (laughs) Axdell, director of the Office of Highway Safety. But the language didn't play well with some South Dakotans, and now the state has pulled back. Uh, Pulled back or pulled out? Right. (laughs) They were pulling all right. Uh, I decided to pull the ad, said Trevor Jones, the secretary of the Department of Public Safety, and Axdow's boss in a statement, this is an, an important safety message, and I don't want this innuendo to distract from our goal to save lives on the road. Before cancellation, State Representative Mike Virtio was planning on calling Axdow before Transportation Committee next month to explain why they would do something like that. 
virtuos the republican from hill city who chairs the house transportation committee said he heard from several citizens who were upset about the ad after reading the argus leader media story about it i think the intent clearly was when you start to go off the road you should take your foot off the gas and gently go back on but it wasn't defended very well that way when they say yeah there's some double meaning there i think there's that's a terrible error in judgment the television ad features an animated graphic of a driver spinning out into other vehicles after jerking the wheel. The proper way to handle the situation is to slowly pull back onto the road, a narrator explains in a posh British accent. Overcorrecting only results in chaos, and besides, nobody likes a jerker, she says. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> or a jerk. Right. The part of the campaign that garnered the most attention so far as the hashtag don't jerk and drive uh pulled pulling out pushed out through social media uh that wording might not sit well with everyone but the message isn't meant for everyone either that particular portion of the one hundred thousand dollar campaign uh figure that acts out called a drop in the bucket targets young men as they're the drivers most likely to overcorrect and cause fatal traffic accidents Uh, yeah i mean that's that's south dakota slang to say jerk people say jerk yeah a jerk jerking the wheel jerking the wheel back you know the other thing is uh those young men probably also the most likely to pull their dicks out and jerk them right so <laughs> I, I i i was like hey i like this campaign keep your dick in your pants while you're driving people when the repercussions of our message not getting through could be a fatality the stakes are high said Averson, who also worked at, on the dps hashtag sober selfie and why I buckle uh, social media campaigns. We are adamant in our pursuit of campaigns that break through the clutter in a crowded media landscape to target an audience that's difficult to reach. You that- reached them this way. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Reach around. The ad campaign, <laughs> despite the second thoughts, was shaping, your up pants. To- was shaping up to be incredibly successful for Dakota. More than 16,000 people saw the campaign on Twitter in its first week. Page views at DPS Facebook page have jumped to almost 30,000 since the campaign launched, outperforming previous public safety campaigns 25 to 1. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just very interesting, the don't jerk and drive. Um, it's a mess. Yeah. I, mean, I, was, I mean, clearly that's a totally different culture in South Dakota that they would just say don't jerk the... Why wouldn't you just say don't spin, don't spin out or don't? Because um... it's not as catchy, and you wouldn't have got thirty thousand people on your Facebook page. Let's talk. <laughs> let's talk about some sex. Let's keep it going sexy over here, guys. <laughs> okay. Got a couple. Got a couple ladies. <laughs> While we're jerking, couple ladies talking about jerking. Now let's talk about sex. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this is Me, Um has this article called Dry Sex. Women at pain. Women at pains to please. <laughs> this is a hard-hitting topic. We need to discuss. A dry, <laughs> a dry vagina is seen as a disaster for sex in the West. Yet elsewhere, women run serious health risks to avoid getting wet, says Dutch expert Tende Van Andel. Dry sex feels best, they claim, for the man at least. Who oh. put that out? Bill Cosby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they don't realize funding that, these studies. <laughs> that when a woman gets wet as a natural lubricant, like dry sex fucking hurts. Oh, like from a woman's perspective, that that shit is that shit is not sexy at all. 
yeah I'm, I'm putting her picture in the chat and it could be extremely painful it's a woman that's this doctor tindave and ando i'll uh, put her picture in the chat um in fact you want her to be sex i mean she's turned i mean you want to be wet she's oh. turned on mm-hmm. she's like, having dry sex apparently she is a lot of it and thinks it's enjoyable to keep the vagina dry women insert herbs absorbent materials like paper chemical cleaning agents antiseptic or even toothpaste Mm-mm. what toothpaste. so it's minty a dry yes. a dry vagina is supposed to feel better for the man during intercourse men say that they like friction heat and swollen tightness but dry sex also carries serious health risks dr van andel warns mm-hmm. it can lead to cuts and inflammation in the vagina it suppresses the natural bacteria all of which increase the likelihood of infection from sexual transmitted diseases including hiv not only that um when a woman's dry it it causes friction for the man but also you know with you being hard it can cause scrapes and scratches on your penis also you know because mm-hmm. you're just like dry against dry dry sex is popular all over africa though it depends on ethnic background and there are some notable uh kunyaza what kunyaza kunyaza in the in in indonesia to a wet vagina is frowned upon what is it with indonesia and western boys that they expect different (laughs) things from our vagina complains jakarta-based writer rt bibisari Dryness is also favored in parts of South America and the Caribbean, says Dr. Van Andel, who is a specialist in the medic in medicinal plants of the Suriname. People are dumb when it comes to women. Wait, oh my God. wait, 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 what if this is just like a half full, half empty situation? Mm-hmm. How dry is dry? Maybe dry isn't so dry. No, no. Maybe dry is like Mm-mm. slightly moist, you no. know, maybe like no. a moist Mm-mm. towelette. Versus nope, but nope. Uh, nope. But how much sex have you described in your life as it was so good it was slightly dry? <laughs> <laughs> it was slightly uh, moist. Man, she was, <laughs> dude, she got so dry. Oh God. Maybe you know what? I think they probably. I'm thinking maybe the reason why those men think that a dry vagina is more uh, desirable is because maybe they don't really think of the women's pleasure as being equal to their own because i know in the west at least dudes that i've interacted with you know friends cousins whatever they always say you know part of having sex with somebody is the the thought that they were able to turn the woman on right and a sign that they were able to turn this woman on is the moistness Correct. <laughs> the moistness in the nether regions you know well, what I mean? maybe they so, feel like it's the opposite like mm, the dryness is a turn on like right because she they must be so hot right now she's so dry because they don't give a fuck about women mm, look how she absorbed the moisture out of her penis she's so dry yeah they do a lot of countries they do shit to women so that they can't enjoy sex uh it says here uh the vagina drying herbs women use uh also found in kfc often contain all 17 spices often contain tannins which give the sensation of dryness and tightening like the dry feeling in the mouth from strong tea or red wine Mm. other plants contain irritating chemicals that can make the vagina swell and become tight so the man's penis feels bigger Uh. so they want to feel like i have a bigger penis than they have now Um, see i can understand men in the west being interested in that who wouldn't want 
to put seasoning in a woman's vagina so they can think that their penis is bigger than what it really is. Don't you be sprinkling no breadcrumbs in my coochie talking about, (laughs) hey, you go, girl, let's get down. Get the fuck away from me. So what's in it for women apart from the increased risk of infection, mostly just discomfort and pain during sex? Uh, They keep doing it because they think that otherwise a man will look for another girlfriend, she says. And both men and women often see vaginal discharges being unhealthy and a sign that a woman has been sleeping around. Because they don't understand how the woman's body works. That can't be right. That can't be right. That has got to be some mixed up Judeo-Christian nonsense that somehow got mixed in with their traditional beliefs to believe i believe there was probably some old priest who was repressed back in the day was probably saying you know what sex is nasty and you should have it dry and the reason why i know is because when i'm uh assaulting altar boys it's always dry for me and i find it very pleasurable so ah! you know and i and I believe him, Red. I really do because a lot of times people have these this false myth. It's a lot of grown ass women that don't know how their body functions. So it's just one of those things where cultures are taught. Like it's back to that women are dirty, women are nasty, you know, women's whole purpose is just to please their men. It's not about her personally being pleasured. So that's where you get a lot of this bullshit right here from. Well, they also Ahead, it's stuff like that that just makes me like thankful as, as jacked up as our country is at least i have the the liberty of having a a, a moist area right, <laughs> times right. No my vagina can be wet in america mm-hmm. <laughs> also popular in indonesia is the tongkat madura a cigar-shaped stick made of plant root, which is inserted into the vagina, is su- supposed to keep the vagina dry and clean and also increase sexual desire. Certain foods have a bad name in Indonesia because they're said to make the vagina wetted, wetter. Uh, when you eat pineapple or cucumber, people will all say automatically, oh, no, it's going to make you really wet down there. Oh, shit. <laughs> cucumber, eh? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, they said also that um, the advice that that Ando gives, uh, that Ando gives to women is say no, of course. But it's easy for her to say she asked. Women who live in countries where dry sex practices are common have probably been taught from an early age that washing the vagina with plenty of soap and drying agents is essential for a woman who keeps her husband faithful and happy. Many of the dependent. Many are dependent on their husbands or boyfriends, so they're in no position to tell them what they want. Oh, God. And I just feel bad because you're going through years just fucking terrible, dry, rough, uncomfortable fucking. Mm -hmm. Because that's not enjoyable. Dry sex is not enjoyable for a woman at all. For you guys that just want to stick your dick in a dry vehicle, don't do that. Put some lube or something. Mm -hmm. Is it what? 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 What branch of feminism is this? <laughs> mm. what, 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 where do I sign up for the anti-dry uh, vagina? I, yeah. I would sign up for that. Wet feminism. Like, it's like, <laughs> it's kind of like white, it's kind of like white feminism, but it's wet feminism. Now we all could, we all could sign that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was right about something else, guys. What's up? Remember what I said that if you want to ostracize the gay people, 
you got to stop concentrating on marriage okay marriage equality that ship is sailed the country is on board with it and you're fighting a losing battle chick-fil-a all right (laughs) you're messing up (laughs) but when you can still get them you can get these gay people where they're not even looking okay now i'm on the gay people's side but still i couldn't help but notice this gaping flaw in their plan you gotta go after divorce equality because (laughs) nothing will keep people from being married than the idea that they can never get rid of this motherfucker and that is where you hit them in the pockets because they're all optimistic about the wedding. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get married. i have a wedding. It's going to be awesome. And then you go, well, you do know um, you can't get divorced if you're gay. No gay divorce. We don't believe in that. <laughs> then all of a sudden you got to look at them twice. Like, I don't know if I want to be with your ass for, wow. with no way out, you know. Well, St. Louis, <laughs> as progressive as that city and state, uh, uh, they've taken me up on this uh for couples happily joined in matrimony it's a joy state to be in however when a couple wants a divorce but is refused one wedlock takes on a new meaning remaining oh. remaining trapped in a marriage is happening around the country to gay couples wow <clears throat> they get hitched in a state where such unions are legal but live in a state such as missouri where the constitution explicitly does not recognize them when a couple decides the relationship is no longer working filing for divorce becomes complicated same-sex relationships also sometimes don't work out and the couples need the legal protections to divorce just as they need the legal protections of marriage said mark solomon national campaign director with freedom to marry the idea that you can get married to someone and then can't get divorced is just ridiculous same-sex couples need clarity in the law across the country more states are legally recognizing same-sex marriage but in missouri statewide marriage recognition remains elusive while the spotlight has been on a series of recent lower court rulings in favor of same-sex marriage, the divorce case of two St. Louis men has quietly made its way to Missouri Supreme Court first. Mm-hmm. It has the potential to determine whether Missouri joins 35 other states in formally acknowledging gay unions. The two men, referred to in the court filings as MS and DS, were married December 12, 2012. They were uh, one of 5,900 couples who were wed in Iowa during the first three and a half years. Such unions were legally recognized there. But nine months into the relationship, the couple separated. Damn, that's it? That didn't last long. Man, I've had subscriptions to Netflix that lasted longer. Yep. (laughs) The couple separated on January 8th. They filed a petition for divorce in St. Louis County, uh, declaring that there is no reasonable likelihood that the marriage of the parties can be preserved and that the marriage is irretrievably broken. The petition was denied by a family court judge, but for a petitioner's allegation that petitioner and respondent are both male on its face, the petitioner's petition otherwise validly states a claim for dissolution of marriage in the state of Missouri, mm-hmm. um, wrote the associate court judge John Bourbonis on February 3rd. Um, so, yeah, um, they're looking for clarity. They're trying to get a ruling on this, um, and the state is afraid to, like, recognize it because if they recognize the divorce then it might mean that they're going to be forced to recognize the fact that it was a marriage in the first place correct which will mean that they will you know they have to start looking at marriage equality in the state right uh, that is a mess this mm-hmm. is where like it goes beyond love and it definitely needs some legal clarification because i was thinking about it okay if i was in a gay marriage and i wanted to get divorced 
I could say, hey, let's go to California so we could get divorced. But you can't fucking stand each other. So why would you both be moving to California just so you could get divorced? Right. You know? And what if it's an abusive relationship? You can't even approach that situation. Mm-hmm. You don't have the same type of protections. Uh, and I, I think, you know, regardless of how you feel personally about, you know, gay, gays being married or, or gay or homosexuality, period, you know, legally, as human beings living in the United States of America, you should be guaranteed certain rights. And that is definitely, you should have the right to get away from someone. <laughs> if you, you know, even though not everybody was for your marriage in the first place, if you don't want to be with each other, <laughs> you shouldn't stuck with each other. Right. Let's be stuck because maybe one of you wants to maintain a certain lifestyle and the other one wants to clandestinely rape people on the slide. Stay together for those reasons. Yeah. <laughs> yep. um, what's love got to do with it? Yeah, sometimes you got to support these rapists, man. It's, you know, that's the thing. Whenever people look at Bill Cosby, they see the man, but they don't see the woman behind the man supporting mm-hmm. the rapes. No, they don't uh let's get into our games right it's game time now our first game is a little game we like to call fucking with black people we're just fucking with those black people we're just fucking with those blacks we're just fucking with fucking with black people that's right, guys. It's time to play the game we all hate to play. It's called Fucking With Black People, where we read articles from all over the globe, and we assign points from 0 to 100 in intervals of 25 for how much we fuck we feel fucked with. Today's contestants is the whole world. All right. <laughs> Everybody. Uh, Rhett, pick a number from 1 to, like, shit. A lot. Like 30 or some shit. A lot. Uh, I will pick 29. 29. All right. I got to do some counting. 5, <laughs> 7, 10, 12, 15, uh, 18, uh, 20, 23, 25. Yeah, I'm a guest to make your host work. I'm uh, getting, I'm getting the listeners. <laughs> I'm money's worth. <laughs> and you still <laughs> had a few left. Yeah. T- here's 29. <laughs> Nevada House Speaker who called African Americans simple minded darkies stepped down. I wonder why. Yeah, now that's some old school racism. Simple minded darkies. <laughs> he the, took it back. The embattled uh, incoming speaker of the Nevada State Assembly notified his colleagues Sunday morning that he was withdrawing as speaker designee, saying politics of personal destruction when I need to step down. Of course. Because, you, you know, I was. You remember that song, Personal Destruction. You headed for personal destruction. Today's topic is personal destruction. Um, Assemblyman Ira Hansen, Republican, of course, uh, who was recently elected as the legislator's next speaker, had come under fire for a series of columns he had written over the years for the Sparks Tribune. One of his columns Hansen had written, uh, in one of them he had written, the relationship of the Negroes and Democrats is truly a master-slave relationship with a benevolent master knowing what's best for his simple-minded darkies. Mm-hmm. Hansen also admitted that he wrote his columns beneath a Confederate flag in honor of 
and in the memory of a great cause and my brave ancestors who fought for that cause mm. in an early morning email to his colleagues hansen blamed the media for the politics of personal destruction that forced him to step down as speaker not the shit that you wrote mm-hmm he says, politics of personal destruction win. I need to step down. I hope that you all know that the ira that you have known throughout, through these years and weeks is the real ira and not the me, what the media is painting me to be. You are a great group that can hopefully do great things and my stain will harm that, the caucus. I wish you all the best. I have a question. Why is everything the media's fault after you fucked up? Right. Bill Cosby blaming the media. Right. Everything's their fault. I wanted this dude, this place, the black media to be unbiased. Uh, of course. <laughs> Thanks for having. I'm ha- curious, like, how old? Mm. It don't say. Because he originally, I was thinking, oh, he must be old, old, like ninety, like mm-hmm. old school racism, you know. But then when he started talking about media, that sounds like new school racism. He you was know, born. He, there's nothing like like hearing like an old white man be racist. He was born. Remember how sweet he thinks that we still drink in separate water fountains. That's so sweet. Look at him. You know, but oh. but this with the whole diabolical uh, uh, conspiracy that sounds like young racist. Like mm. ah, young racist. Boo. He was born uh, in. Uh, he's 54 years old. He's born in 1960. No, he's not old at all. Not old he's enough. Like baby boomer racist. I'm disappointed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, he goes on to say, uh, "Thanks for the hang. Thanks for hanging tough these difficult past days. If this is what just about me, I would fight this out to the bitter end. But it's going to harm all of you. Carry on." In a public oh. statement, he reiterated his belief that this was an orchestrated campaign against him. For the greater good of the state of Nevada and the cause I support, it is necessary for me to withdraw as speaker designee. The tens of thousands of people who both read my columns and, and listen to the, my radio shows through two decades in the media know this has been a carefully orchestrated attack to remove a conservative Republican from a major leadership role in state government. Yes, mm. that's it. They all conspired against you. Not that your position that you're in, these darkest you're talking about, you actually represent them, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, but see, he doesn't say that as that. Like, it's like, this is the type of racist that I find very problematic. Mm -hmm. Because this is like, this is your wolf in sheep's clothing type of thing. You're very Mm -hmm. paternalistic. But uh, we are basically non-entities to him. Because he is not really thinking that any of this really affects us. And you you go on your radio show, which is like a haven for racism and dog whistling type of racism where you don't call anybody the n-word but you clearly mean it you know of course like you go on am radio and talk about black people and shit it's so fucked up exactly but he's probably at the same time closeted uh wearing black condoms right (laughs) 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 having dry sex with his wife yes i'm serious that oh i feel this so sad republicans republicans creepy Republicans definitely believe in dry sex being better. I, I, I do support that. <laughs> yeah. The deliberate character assassination of the politics of personal destruction have totally distorted my views and record. Ultimately, this whole attack has very little to do with my views. The powers that be are planning a massive more than $1 billion tax increase. I stood in the way of as speaker. Now, what happens like five years from now when the $1 billion tax increase don't come? Can we go back and be like, so about that shit you were saying? Right. <laughs> Karen, give me zero to a hundred. 
how do you feel about uh uh what is this dude's name um ira hansen oh 100 all right uh and what about you Rhett? I don't know, because, like, are we measuring it, like, uh, in terms, because he did get rid of himself. Mm-hmm. He stepped so, in. So, in a way, it's kind of innocuous on that end. <clears throat> I mean, he's annoying, but he he is, like, not in a position of power anymore. Mm-hmm. So, it's almost quaint mm-hmm. in, in the irritation factor. I, I'll give him, like, a, I'll give him, like, a 50. All right. A 50. All right. I'm willing yeah. to give him a 50 as well. I, I didn't. He did lose the job, so. Uh, Karen, give me a number of zero to 30. Or one to 30. Let's do nine. Number nine. Five. Uh, seven. Nine. Uh, Doug Gottlieb, who's a, uh, I believe he's a CBS college basketball analyst. Mm-hmm. He had a hot take on Kobe Bryant's church, choice of shirt. Oh, these the, hot take folks. The shirt that said, I can't breathe. Mm-hmm. He, uh, you know, the Lakers ward in solidarity with, uh, you know, some of the people who are protesting and people that are uh, activists that are standing up uh, about um, Eric Garner's death mm-hmm. and the lack of an indictment in that case. Correct. Um, so he saw this like we all did, and he said, let me run to Twitter. To talk mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. You know how we need to do. Um, he also spelled... Well, we'll get to it. So... <laughs> so, um, he says... Uh, Doug Gottlieb uh, goes on TV um, and they say he thinks... He goes on TV to provide the white man's perspective on... Oh! Uh, yeah. Uh. Um... <laughs> On a CBS pregame, uh, I think I have video of it here. You're watching March Madness. Look at this murderer's row. Greg Anthony, Doug Gottlieb, Kenny the Jet Smith, Sir Charles Barkley. Welcome back to New York, guys, and um, it's going to be a good night. I think we're going to have four terrific games tonight. I, I really do think that they're going to be pretty evenly matched, as it should be for Sweet 16. Cream rising to the crop. I don't know why you guys asked me. I'm just here to bring diversity to this set here, give the kind of white man's perspective. On things okay. for the point guard position, no, no. <laughs> okay, just checking. <laughs> Marquette, Miami. Oh. Where you guys? No, I'm just uh, checking, man. I'm just checking. You, uh, you, you jump right into it. You swimming hard. Okay. Swimming hard. <laughs> Up, upstream, I'm not at. Trust me, we'll get you back before the end of the question. I love how none of them really bailed him out with a laugh. <laughs> right, because the shit wasn't We're funny. We're in progress. <laughs> Kenny, Smith, Kenny Smith was my favorite. He goes, <laughs> <laughs> like, like okay that's what you want to do all right that's so um you know because there's not enough white male perspective on sports we got never you know, never mm-mm. we always needed I, that so i just have this feeling that they probably like kenny smith probably invites people over to his house like hey after this weekend let's go over and like have some beers and barbecue at my house everybody but you got leave right and, and, Doug. <laughs> never gets invited he right. never gets invited Doug, <laughs> we don't need the white man's perspective at my barbecue okay <gasps> um so he goes on twitter um and says kobe bryant lives in newport coast takes a chopper to games and made 60 million dollars the last two years the struggle is real. Hashtag I can't breathe spelled wrong, which is I can't breath. breath. <laughs> I can't breath. I can't breath, y'all. <laughs> um, he deleted the tweet, 
but of course nothing's deleted on the internet nope oh my god it, uh, it's like he you just don't get it mm-hmm. it's like you don't get the point and of course i mean why the fuck would like the whole point of solidarity is to say i'm saying even though i'm different from from someone i'm the same i'm seeing the same i support their cause mm-hmm. to me that's like saying why would a white person go out there and protest why would uh so-and-so like it's all it can't why would a woman go do blank blank like because they're showing solidarity that's what solidarity is is not to mention at the end of the day this shit could happen this point is kobe's point all these guys points is this shit could happen or could have happened to me at some point this is happening far too often to black people but but see, I think that that Rod, you you bring to light the that other side. Mm-hmm. The reason why a Doug Gottlieb is not understanding is because the Doug Gottliebs of the world don't understand. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? They don't understand because a Doug Gottlieb pretty much like even let's say let's give him a benefit of the doubt. Maybe he came from the wrong side of the tracks. Whatever made it. Doug Gottlieb is not going to be pulled over from the cops by driving a fancy car in his old neighborhood. You know, like well, someone. You know like, what it is though. Doug Gottlieb and a lot of these, like, like these sports analysts that are white, they see the black celebrity sports people as not no longer black. Like, right. like, like we've given you our admiration. The least you can do is not be black anymore. Like, you can, can you stop? talking about your black can you stop thinking about your people and stop thinking about their plight and stop relating to them correct we've allowed you into white world now right so just do white shit and support white shit why can't you be like charles barkley why can't you you know like and i think it bothers them when these players remind them i'm still a black person and i'm still here in america and i still might have gripes no matter how well i've quote unquote done for myself I still may see injustices because I'm paying attention to that shit and you think some money and adulation is going to make me ignore it and I'm not going to. You know, and I think that's the big dis... A hundred. I'm fucked with. A hundred. I don't even know why I'm going into this. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just one of those things that they just don't get it. You know, yeah. these are the same people that are going to make jokes about... You know, this is the same people that on Halloween uh, come in about uh, 10, 12 months from now they're they're going to be dressed up as a black man selling Lucy's. You know, yeah. they just don't get it. They don't understand. Yeah. He got hit up on Twitter. Someone said, I'm done supporting your show. A black person is so much. You said about so much. You said about Missouri and New York issues has made me lose respect for you. And he said, my point exactly. No room for discourse with people. Freedom of speech is for both sides, not just the popular. That is the fucking uh that is where racists run to so quick wow it's yes. freedom of speech like yeah and my freedom of speech is your ass is stupid and i don't need to listen to it correct i don't owe you my listenership because but just because you're talking like fuck you i don't agree with it and i don't want to see your platform increase even by one more listener if i'm that guy so fuck you um, but see that's the thing that i find very perplexing is like you know, wow, you really, really, truly believe that. You like, like the Doug Gottliebs of the world, they really, truly believe that this is discourse, mm-hmm. that this is, uh, 
a, a sensible point of view that right. we could argue about it that uh, the the Kobe Bryant of the world should stay in their like rich wealthy places because maybe it's because white wealthy white basketball players don't participate in these type of things yeah. so why should a wealthy black one Jer- do that it's funny Jeremy Lin um an Asian basketball player wore the I can't breathe shirt and uh is the first like non African American person to wear one in you know sports or whatever. And uh you go on Instagram, he's getting called a nigger. So uh Which is which is crazy. But Jim Lynn is from New York though, isn't he originally from New York? Uh I no, he's originally born in San San Francisco, but Oh, okay. But still he he yeah. has probably he probably has interacted black people in his life exactly um that he understands yeah you know? yeah and i'm just saying the racist white people immediately saw that dude as a nigger like of course oh you're a nigger too now like That's you're supporting crazy. them which lets you know how they see the people who protest lets you know how they see these athletes as soon as they do something out of line right and it lets you see like if you support these people what they think of you too Correct, and that's regardless of the color of your skin because at the end of the day, they never see themselves as the victim. They're always the person holding the gun. So in their minds, how could they have empathy and sympathy because they could never see themselves on the other side of that barrel? So, Karen, we are to 100? Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm 100. Okay. Rhett, what would you give this one? You know what? I would give 100, but I feel like I would be given power <laughs> So Doug Gottlieb and I can't give him my power. I'll, I'll give him a uh, wait. Did he lose his job? Nope. Uh, he said. Is, he st- is, is Doug Gottlieb not getting invited to Kenny Smith's barbecue? It's got to be a penalty. I guarantee you, he got crossed off that list. He's gonna get freedom of speech. He said freedom, freedom of speech, and freedom of these ribs. Uh. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll give a, a I, I I refuse to give him my power. I'll I'll give him a fifty. All right. I'll stomp him in the face. A, <laughs> a Pennsylvania man said that he was shocked over the weekend when a bartender used the N word instead of his name on a receipt for his food. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> Marquise Moore told the Patriot News. He was about to eat his order of takeout wings from Zimby Sports Tavern in Harrisburg when he noticed the racial slur. In the space where Moore's name was supposed to appear on the bar tab, the word nigga was written instead. Oh, because he probably typed it in there. Yeah. Cause you- yeah. Like instead of put like sometimes they have like spaces for you to put like someone's name, something like that. You know, like, oh, uh, this is Larry and. We've had different um, things like that before. Like mm-hmm. uh, they'll put descriptive things like uh, the four ladies, or you know what, you know, a red what, shirt. Or... Yeah, we've seen some bad ones too, like fat lady and shit like that. So <laughs> this dude used a, a nigga. Said he says it makes me feel like I'm just low. Moore said a nigga is an ignorant, disrespectful person. It has nothing to do with your skin color. What would possess you to put something like that on a piece of paper? You don't even know who I am. But according to Zimby's owner, Angelo Caragianis, uh, the word was meant as a lighthearted joke, but was misunderstood by Moore. Oh, a lighthearted joke that he went goddamn in on? Okay. To a stranger? Who jokes like this to strangers? Right. 
Bartender Megan Bonsell told Karaganis that Moore was busy talking to people at the bar, so she asked a friend for his name. The friend allegedly showed Moore's Facebook page to Bosnow, where he described himself as a sexy nigga. She said that she wrote down nigga on the ticket as a joke. Megan has worked with for me for 10, 12 to 13 years. There was no malice intended at all. Karaganis insisted we have a Redskins fan club. And <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's not helping you out any. Oh, every week there are 12 to 15 black guys who come in to watch the games. What do you call them, Indians? We are not racist at all and serve everyone, anyone. Karagiannis said that he had instructed Bonsell not to identify people by using physical characteristics in the future, but Moore didn't buy the tavern's explanation, speculating that the bartender had searched the comments on his Facebook page looking for an excuse after she was caught. Even if that is the case, why didn't she put sexy nigga on the check? More pointed out. Exactly, exactly. Maybe she didn't think it was sexy. The 29-year-old Harrisburg resident added that he would never be going back to the Zimby Sports Tavern. I'm hurt by the situation. I'm just a random Joe. And she could have just taken the time to ask my name or observe. Racism is no longer behind closed doors. And, uh, yeah. So, I get, what do you give that, Rhett? Oh, wait. Did she, did she spell it with two G's and an A? Yes. Or two G's and an E-R? Two J's and an A. <sighs> mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, this is just irritating. <laughs> I mean, this is, a, this is, this is just irritating. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, there's so many things wrong. If anything, I want to know how old that waitress is. That mm. bartender. She's been she working knows. there for 12 to 13 years. I mean. So I'm hoping the old non-internet savvy uh, bartender, because this is not the first time that receipts with bad names have popped up. Why would she let herself be out there like that? Mm-hmm. This is just terrible and bad. This is just horrible. And it sounds like it's a, a, a racist Greek diner proprietor with a name like, what was his, the owner's name? Uh, uh, Karagiannis? Yeah, that's some Greek dude who was like, I, I be your friend! I friend for <laughs> you! I do wings for you! Next time, 10%! Um, yeah, this is horrible. I, I'll give this a, um, I, I'll give this a 75, because this is, um, I feel like this is too much personal. Much too personal. Mm. Alright, Karen? Oh, I give it a 100, because that wasn't no joke. Yeah, I, I I I did not see the uh, audience stand up and applaud. So nope. All right, gotta give it a hundred too. I'd be pissed if uh, I got home to eat my chicken wings and saw a nigga on my motherfucking receipt. I'm sorry, but uh, you hit me right in the fucking sweet spot right there. <laughs> like I like I was suddenly with the chicken. Right, the chicken. I'm about to bite into chicken. And I get called a nigga. Oh man, yeah. niggas and chickens is quite fond of one another, as yes. Dave Chappelle would say. But yes, we are. Bro. I'm not fond of being called a nigga by nobody uh, just because I ordered some chicken. Right now, the chicken could call me a nigga, but you better not. How does she find his Facebook page that fast? Um, <laughs> right, you know she ain't. <laughs> like that, you know they ain't Facebook friends. She probably wouldn't found that shit. Looking on the receipt, like, he has to say the N-word. He has to say the N-word, please. Oh, God, please let his Twitter account have an N-word in it. Something, right. just, oh, God. I'm just, I'm just curious. People that write these type of things on the receipts, what do they call certain white people? Like, do they get down and in, into that, too? Do they say, 
Like, do they say uh, other racially offensive slurs that aren't as dominant because now we've lumped all the white people in together? I doubt they- it. I do, yeah, yeah. I doubt it. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't see you. Maybe they'll say, like, fat person or something, but I doubt they go, like, you know. Uh, they don't go into kike, like, no, uh, right. kike or wop or, I don't even think people even use that unless it's discussions mm-hmm. like this. I never right. use nope. kike or wop. Nope. I would have, Put that's that- the furthest reaching racial slur i would ever use i wouldn't even think about that and and, it, it, say, and if you said that pregnant. that that uh the person you call would be owning your bar right yes so but uh anyway uh it was just a joke so everybody get over it now that is time for some guest race. that's right it's guest race time now that is time for some guest race. That's right, it's Guest the Race time. That's right, it's time for Guest the Race. The number one podcast game going across all the podcasts. Glenn, that we play with our guest today, uh, Rhett from the Black and East Chick podcast. Uh, and they listen to us read articles when then we have them guess the race. The chat room plays along and they're racist. Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> a Doug Gottlieb type of racist. <laughs> Middle-aged white guy from the Valley racist. <laughs> a cute old man racist. Okay, go ahead. Orlando, <laughs> Orlando, Florida. Oh. The home. What? Florida? What? I know. Can you, can you believe it? I'm shocked too. Um... <laughs> Let's check out this. So developing tonight, a mom accused of attacking a boy at his elementary school, threatening to kill him, then kidnapping him. And this is pretty disturbing. Police say this mom just seemed to go over the edge after her kids told her something the student said. Now, the kids go to Eccleston Elementary in Orlando. Amaka Ubaka is there live tonight at Amaka. This all started because this mom thought the boy cursed at her daughter. Yeah, Ginger, the incident happened right in front of this elementary school after Sandra Rivera thought that this boy had cursed at her daughter. We spoke to that little, we spoke to that boy tonight and he says ever since this happened, he hasn't been able to sleep very well, he hasn't been eating very much, and he worries that it could happen again. She goes on his back and grabs him like, she's in the back and she's grabbing him like this and going, just, and then going, Boom, boom, punching him like this on the head. Anna Baez describes the video she says was captured on school cameras, showing her 11-year-old son being attacked by this woman, 28-year-old Sandra Rivera. When I saw that, I said, oh, no, she's going to jail. Orlando police say Rivera came here to Eccleston Elementary waiting to confront the fifth grader after she says he called her 9-year-old daughter a curse word. When I was on my bike, she picked me up, threw me off my bike, she slammed me on the wall. That's when Rivera allegedly turned even more violent. She came behind me, started choking me, hitting me on my head. Police say she then threw his bike in her van and forced him inside. She told me, uh, tell me the instructions to, to your house or I'll kill you. Baez says Rivera dropped her son off and admitted to choking him. Even if my son called you your daughter a, a name, you come and you tell me that he did that. You don't go and 
grabbed the child and tried to kill him. Baez called school officials who told her they were notifying police and DCF. Rivera was charged with kidnapping and battery but got out of jail Friday. We went to her home, but no one answered the door. I'm actually scared that she, she, she might come back for me for calling the police. Now, the mother of this boy tells me not only did these school security cameras capture the beating, but someone caught it on their cell phone as well. We've requested a copy of this video from police, and as soon as we get it, we'll let you know. As for this boy, his mother tells me that from now on, he's going to be getting rides to and from school. Ginger, I'm all better get that video from World Star like the rest of us. <laughs> TMZ, uh, guess the rat. I mean, guess the race of uh, <laughs> my bad. Rat, uh, guess the race of uh, Mrs. Sandra Rivera. Oh uh, well, uh, being that I'm in Miami, I would say that's some crazy Cuban stuff. <laughs> that uh-huh. is a crazy Cuban chick right there. <laughs> Not <What>? Mexican. <laughs> Maybe Puerto Rican, but more than likely, <laughs> I, w- I would err on on side of a, a crazy Cuban chick. All right, one of the day laborers in Rhett's backyard's wet wet rear. Oh. <laughs> Do we know more of our stories about the, the moist vagina in that comment? I don't get it. That right. <laughs> she got that ass whipping strength by swimming the Rio Grande. <laughs> Somebody needs anger management classes, black. Oh. Hoked out on that Mexican sour diesel after mowing the school grounds brown. Whiter than the whitest white white. Wet back on wet back violence. Nobody call my daughter, you puta. But... A puta oh, but me. This mom is living La Vida Loca with a taco flavored snatch. She dropped, what? she dropped her Windex and used her husband's leaf blower to get to the school quickly. Oh, Lord. Oh, my God. <laughs> Latino. Uh, one, I think it would be Latina. but One who has uh, waterfalls chased on her back. Latina. No, 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 he, he not here. Mexican water ah! crossing fruit picking Goya product eating hydro back. The correct oh. answer is Latino. Everybody get it right. And one person did Ooh. miss it. One person said white, Karen. So they oh, well, you got it wrong, boo boo. Not white. And she looked like a motherfucker that choke a kid. That's all I'm saying. She does. That's not a necklace, guys. That's a tattoo. Oh, shit. Right. That's a rosary tattooed on her neck. shit. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a necklace. (laughs) How do you do that? I'm not a Catholic, but don't you have to, like, that's supposed to keep track of your prayers, your Hail Marys? What? How do you get to the back? Do you get to the back? Do you get, do you just start piercing your back? Slowly. I'm saying, that's what. But the back is okay. I'm just thinking about the logistics of this tattoo. I don't think this design is well thought out. Yeah, she like she fuck your kid up. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It was scary to me. I don't know. That's a mess. She's fuck that. Fuck that kid. You know she choked the shit out of that kid. You know she did. That kid had didn't stand a fucking chance. Nope. 
Her uh, mugshot is very mesmerizing. I find it very hard to pull my eyes away from this. I feel like staring into my very soul. Right? I'm afraid she would throw my bicycle in the back of her truck. I know. Right? <laughs> say something. Say something else about my baby. I, no, I ain't saying nothing about your baby. Say it. Go ahead. I know you're thinking about my baby. Mm-mm uh let's see here's another one man what's going on in florida um, florida the sunshine state anthony smith said his mom won't let him watch porn in the house instead he goes outside nude and walks around hoping that someone will see him uh. that that's what smith 21 told martin county sheriff's deputies november 14th uh when they arrested him for being naked <laughs> two people shortly after 1 p.m. said they saw smith standing in his yard he had no clothes on and was masturbating when a sheriff lieutenant what? pulled up he noticed smith bending down naked in the driveway the suspect then stood up and ran back to his home next door he went inside and got dressed he told deputies his mother won't let him watch pornography in the house he said he walks around naked outside and hopes someone sees him saying it's a high it may not have been a high for smith to be taken to jail uh, he was arrested on exposure of sexual organs. Uh, uh, that was a charge. That was a charge. Uh, of sexual organs. <laughs> well, you know, if you expose, like, you know, uh, your pancreas, you don't want to go to jail. So, um, guess the race of Anthony Smith, uh, Rhett. Oh, you know, I, I just got one question. Mm-hmm. Like, I know we playing guess the race, but right. I want to almost guess the weight. Because I feel like if he was a hot dude like with a hot boy body we w- this wouldn't even have made the news if anything uh, i feel like got some followers on twitter ain't nobody gonna say no to a hot body in the neighborhood feel like you don't understand women uh i can't believe <laughs> can't believe i understand ladies more than you uh if walk around outside with your dick Look, out. I don't give a fuck if it was michael fassbender walking around slanging his dick and masturbating Somebody I, calling the cops. It's not every woman. Be calling the cops. The, the the gay people wouldn't be calling the cops. The women would be like, hey, that's interesting. He might be just nude, sunbathing. He just happens to be standing, <laughs> and he's doing something weird in the front with his hand, gripping certain areas. But he's probably just doing that because he wants to avoid sunburn. Hmm. But he was probably all not. Dig burn. Not, he, he probably was not hitting the the twenty four seven fitness. That's, that's all. I'm that's saying. right, guys. If you work out enough, you, Rat says you can go outside and jack your dick mm-hmm. naked. I'm and nobody out. will call the cop. You'll be fine. I don't think so. No, I, no. I am serious. Don't I don't let think me so. see if it. He had a hot body. He would be mm-hmm. all right. No one would be bothering him. So um, no, not even another man. Mm-hmm. No men would call. Nobody would call Rat. Everybody would just um, be okay with. Dudes it. would probably be like show off. It would probably be that old the same old uh decrepit racist dude from the earlier story the 95 year old racist would be like damn it we're not gonna have that out here yeah better he not call. catch me looking at your balls i'm calling the police especially unsolicited balls in my face i'm calling the police on your ass if he, i'm just saying i if he was hot this would not be a problem uh, uh yeah now <laughs> If he was hot and black, well, any black dude, yeah, they go in the call the cops because they'd be like, oh, no, it's a naked black guy. He's going to fulfill his fantasies of having a white woman. Yeah, he would definitely be getting the cops uh, called on him. So, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say white, Caucasian. Okay, so Rhett is going with white. Caucasian, out of shape, Caucasian individual. All right, she's making it even harder on herself. <laughs> um, and let's check the chat room, see what they believe. Tilly meets the righteous one, computer blue balls white, simple-minded darky, one who has an 83% chance of clapping on the one and three. He didn't get shot immediately. <laughs> definitely white. White man who forgot his invisible pills. Pointy nose, only hair, having SPF 100, needing devil. White <laughs> White Walker, white as the sock he was finishing in. Ha! <laughs> uh, auditioning for the next season of Naked and Afraid. White. Uh, neck beard, pasty mouth breather, showing off his pink Vienna sausage. Oh my. I'm too insecure to show my peen in public. Well, that's not a race guess, but thanks for telling that, Mr. Stuffington. <laughs> White. Unsolicited balls. Okay, that's what Karen said. Ooh, uh, all right. These aren't guesses anymore. White extra from Roseanne. All that to get to White. Uh, let's see. Uh, all right. The correct answer. Elmer. I guess that's Elmer's glue is white. Uh, the correct answer is. is and Rhett. Uh, missed it. It's black. He was black. Oh no! No! No way! No way! He probably was high. He was probably real high. No! <laughs> no! So no. high that he thought he was white. No way! No. Way. <laughs> He was so high that he forgot. He probably was on that, that good cause that alcohol, whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, of course, some people got it. <laughs> good for you guys. Good for you. Oh, I'm so, I'm so, my, my, my race star is off. This is ridiculous. Yeah, it's a shame, <laughs> a shameful showing. If, if I must say so myself, I really hate the hate that you went out that way. Uh, let's go to the bonus round. See if you can make up for this. Double the points and the race. Double the points and the race. That's right. It's double the points, double the race. The bonus round against the race. So far, Rhett is. One and one. We'll see what happens in the bonus round. Um, let's see. Uh, this one I can't get the video to play, so we'll just use a different one. Let's go to another person. Um, okay, here's one. Uh, we all love shopping at Lowe's, right? Mm-hmm. It's the helpful Earth. hardware place. Yes. Uh, well, Leroy Moore Jr., 73 years old, he loves some lows too. Tonight, this 73-year-old man is in jail charged with having child pornography on his laptop. And police say it's where and how he was looking at the porn that got him caught. Reporter Greg Suskin explains how a customer at a local hardware store helped to catch the guy. Greg? And police say that Leroy Moore Jr. had been sitting in his car for about an hour and a half looking at child pornography on one laptop computer and downloading it on a second laptop. God damn. He was caught in what? a parking lot at Lowe's. 
Police say Leroy Moore Jr. was sitting in a handicapped space outside Lowe's using the store's free Wi-Fi to look at child porn. On my phone, I pulled up the Lowe's guest Wi-Fi that police say he used. The signal is poor at the back of the parking lot, so Moore was very close to the store. A customer happened to walk by and thought he looked suspicious. York police officer Rich Cadell had to see the graphic images on the computer. What I watched yesterday uh, still affects me today and will probably affect me for a while. They were pictures of young boys in sexual acts. Cadell says Moore didn't try to hide anything. We spoke to him, um, asked him what he was doing, and he told us he was sitting there watching little boys. This isn't the first time Moore has been investigated oh. for child pornography. Jerry McCurry says he saw it in 2010 when Moore asked him to fix one of his computers. And had oh, no. Little girls on there with no tops on and just in their panties. He called police and filled out this report, but Moore was not charged at that time, according to a check of records. McCurry wasn't surprised to hear of his arrest this time. I knew it would be a matter of time before that was going to happen, and that's why I called and reported him to the police. Aside from the incident at Lowe's, York police believe complaints going back to the summer about a suspicious man in a car at other locations could have been more. <laughs> ah! And I'm still asking questions tonight to find out why Moore was not charged during that 2010 incident. Tonight he's in jail on a $10,000 bond and could face 10 years in prison if he's convicted. Mm. We're live in York. Greg Suskin, Channel 9 Eyewitness News. All right, Rhett, guess the race of Leroy Moore Jr. Uh, the name is, is throwing me off because his name is Leroy Moore. But the w free Wi-Fi thing and the downloading of the two laptops and the audacity to do this crime again when he was caught before and the boldness of him telling the cops so blatantly, unless he's got a touch of the dementia which would be crazy because that means you're you got Alzheimer's and you're a pedophile, which is a crazy whammy situation. I, I'm going to say white. I'm going to say it's white. All right, let's check the chat room and see what they believe the race is. Uh, scroll up a bit. Uh, didn't go in the bathroom to get a better signal. Black. <laughs> Only a white man would look at child porn in the parking lot of Lowe's. Enough disposable income for two porn laptops. White man named Leroy, not Leroy. Oh, he said Leroy, L-E-E-Roy, not Leroy. <laughs> White, big lip, wide nose, moon chirping, Amos and Andy looking jigger spook. Oh. Only a white man. Mm-hmm. Only a white man would have the audacity to do this in public parking lot. Double the laptop for double the privilege, White. <laughs> white he can actually afford two computers that he didn't get charged the first time uh let's see what else um everybody's very proud of jigger spook that is good aaron uh knocked it out the park um so he got a black name though the nasty ass white man from family guy who thought <laughs> herbert the pervert who thought his white privilege would save his old ass he probably racist to fuck him white oh that felt personal <laughs> I don't even think that was, he was trying to be funny. Right. Mm -mm. Whiter, than the, whiter than the white jizz on that white-ass laptop screen. Oh. White, ew. 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 How graphic. Ew. White, black. Um, white like the semen on the computer screen. Old black man ain't savvy enough to use internet. I may, I have yet to meet a white Leroy or young Leroy, so I got to go old black man here. 
snuff lover and old tooth longing for the good old days of hanging niggas from the trees and keeping what women shackled in the kitchen oh leroy is that ever a white person named leroy he nasty and black (laughs) (laughs) and then joe joe spacely got my favorite which is white i hope um what was was your final answer there Rhett? i said i said white i said white all right and you got it he is right Oh, oh. Them glasses, girl. Oh, no. Oh, How no. can he see the screen? His eyes is blown up. And, of course, oh some pe- many people missed it. Yep. He got them bifocals where you look at your eyes just blow up 20 times bigger than the frames. Why he should Yeah. What state is this again? Uh, I can't remember. South Carolina was York. Okay, yeah. Oh, God, because I'm just looking at it, and I'm like, I wanted, I really was hoping that the uh, the dementia Alzheimer's theory was true, but then he's like, he's got two laptops. You know, old people with the two, <laughs> with one laptop, there's a problem. Mm-hmm. I can't even have my mom use her cell phone properly. I'm not giving her the power of laptops and why making her mind implode with the, I, the free wi-fi he he was tech savvy but i mean my god them glasses you could have seen the porn off his glasses yeah he could probably see the future of the, <laughs> he could see right. him he could see himself getting caught right he's like i can see myself getting caught in these glasses because oh they so god. thick but you know that's why i go to home depot man that's the <laughs> home depot is the, 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 the target to lowe's walmart uh, oh, see, that's what you get when you're jerking while driving. Mm-hmm. Scary uh, white dude. He looks like a pedophile, man. This you know, scary. you got you got some serious porn going when you gotta watch it on one tap, low top, on one laptop, download it on another, but you still won't pay for Wi-Fi. Like that's an old man. <laughs> Correct. That's just that's an old fucking man cheap. Begging Do it at to the get house. Caught. Like you, oh you got a Jesus. problem. Um, update: Police uh, say they shot a Queensland man who had a hunting knife and a machete in today's edition of Sore Ratchetness. What <laughs> <laughs> a sword play happening. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you die. He is dead now. Um, here, let me see how I play this. Oh, it's just the police talking about it. I'll read it. A man who was repeatedly shot by police in Brisbane had charged them with a hunting knife and a machete. Police fired six shots at the man, hitting him in the chest and the stomach after attending a domestic violence-related incident in Brisbane, suburb of Ashgrove last night. The man, believed to be in his 40s, was taken to Royal Brisbane Hospital in a serious condition. Mr. Barnett said the first-year officer who opened fire on the man had no other option because his life was in danger. Mr. Barnett said police went to the front door of the home and the man came to the door with a weapon. The officers... (laughs) What? Mm Mm-hmm. This is, what, this is how you saw it on this too. The officers were trying to retreat when the man allegedly armed himself with a second weapon. 
and rushed at them police went to the front door of the house he produced an edged weapon and police began a tactical withdrawal they ran <laughs> we was tactically withdrawing uh you mean running for y'all lives i don't oh. blame you he then came out with two weapons one of them was very large and charged the police while they were tactically withdrawing they were left with no other option but to use force he said one of the weapons was a serrated hunting knife the other was a large machete type weapon the ashgrove incident is the seventh police shooting in queensland this year four of them have been fatal and three of those four happened in a, in a single week last month mr barnett denied any suggestion police uh became trigger have become trigger happy he said the recent shootings <laughs> what if he was like look we seen how they get down in america i mean shit this ain't even that bad right <laughs> He, he, he said the recent shootings were instead proof of the increasing frequency of people arming themselves and actively challenging police. In many of these situations, people affected by alcohol, drugs, mental illness, or angry about domestic disputes are endangering officers' lives, and they are forced to defend themselves. He asked, he said he understood the community concern about the shootings, and he promised the investigations would be independent and comprehensive. He also pointed to a review of police training and other procedures ordered by Police Commissioner Iron Stewart after the last fatal shooting in November. Mr. Barnett said that uh, he understood the man who was shot will recover. He said police involved have been traumatized, but we're holding up okay. So that, you know, I decided the other day that I'm going to accept that machetes are swords because I went to Target. <laughs> it's in a knife family as yeah, far as I'm concerned. Well, I went to Target and I saw the size of the machete and that's a fucking sword. Like it's not, it's, <laughs> it's like, long, ain't it? Yeah, I just thought it was like a reasonable size, like a bigger knife. But then when I saw it, I was like, so that's like, this is why we need sword regulations in America because we could find out an actual definition and measurement and go, that's not a machete. That's a fucking sword. Don't ever call that a knife. You know? Yeah, but the mach- machete, they, I mean, they, they sell them at the flea market down here in Miami. Mm-hmm. Like, how are you going to be able to open coconuts? How are you going to be able to... Mm-hmm. You, well, you would go... Sugar cane. You need a machete. How, mm-hmm. how, machete. Well, you know what? How are you going to be able to shoot a deer? <laughs> how, how, but, yeah, but you said shoot. You ain't yeah. saying nothing about mm-hmm. slicing mm-hmm. a deer. <laughs> like, how are you gonna be able to shoot a deer? You go get a hunter's license. You go get a gun and a gun license, and then you go shoot a deer. That's all I want for swords. I just want uh-huh. regulation. Go get oh, you a sword license. You can't be out here unregulated because we got too much drama out here going on with this unregulated I, sword I, wielding. I think you getting too picky, Rod. Rodimus uh. Prime. <laughs> this. Alright. First of all, where is it going to stop, Rod? First of all, <laughs> machetes are, are not weaponry. They're tools. Next thing you know, I'm not going to be able to go to Red Lobster mm-hmm. and order the, the, the surf and turf because my state knife, I'm going to have to get a license to prove to everybody that I can chop into my New York Prime. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You see, guys, look at the thirst just drop in the chat room. Dry vaginas everywhere. Just, <laughs> so. I'm, just, I'm just saying there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, you, you, you're taking bad examples. That's the mm. problem. You're taking bad <laughs> yeah. examples of, of irresponsibility, of crazy white people showing up to doors mm-hmm. with, with knives. Come on. Who, who walks around with serrated blades normally? Not me. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, they're not me. Just watch. Just watch your back. Just watch your back if you come to Red shows, guys. Uh, right. 
No, no <laughs> I'm need. just saying. Like, look, I mean, they've had swords from the beginning of time. I... Machetes. You, you ever watch? Okay. Next time you come to, to Florida or you go to the Caribbean mm-hmm. or whatever and, and you see a dude opening up a coconut for you so you can have the Coco Frio. It's art. It's beautiful. You see him with it. He's going, da, 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 you know, with the, with the coconut. And then, like, it, it's open for you. And it's delicious. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. happened. That wouldn't happen with mm-hmm. the gun. Shoot mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. no coconut and drink it. <laughs> Except I, just, I guess it would be cool because the bullet would make a perfect hole for the straw. But that's not what I'm talking about. Ah, <laughs> like, I just want a little bit of lead with your coconut. I, I didn't say you can't have a machete. I just would like a little regulation. That's all. I just like to. Nah. I like to know that I'm safe when I go to sleep at night. Mm-mm. You know, well, I don't have to that's worry about ridiculousness. Nope. Now you gonna make me sound like an NRA person? You do sound like an NRA person to me. A sword already. person. Nigger ratchet all day. That's what that stands for. <laughs> NRA. Oh, that's ridiculous. That's not. That's not fair. That's not fair. <laughs> you know what? Go listen to if you want to hear the pro sword agenda. Go <laughs> listen to Black and These Chick podcast. Go to blackandthesechick.com. <laughs> Um and make sure you follow her, uh follow her on Twitter mm-hmm. at Rhett Thompson and also at Black and East Pod. Um extremely funny person. She um, is we love guys, her, even the, though she loves swords. Yeah, you know. Oh, thank you. Y'all just need to realize that we there's a reason why when you go to a fine dining establishment, there's a spoon, there's a fork. And there's a, a knife, which is the cousin of the sword. So mm. it can't be anything wrong with that. That, 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 that knife's yeah. the cousin of the sword the way I'm Don Lemon's cousin. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't claim that nigga. I don't know him. We not cool. Hey, get on Skip Gates' show and you might just be. <laughs> I'm scared to go now. Uh, make sure you, we'll be back tomorrow, uh, about 5.30 with, uh, hopefully Justin, if, uh, everything's okay with him. And, uh, we'll see you guys, uh, then, uh, make sure you go to tweakaudio.com, code TBGWT, mm-hmm. and get yourself some nice headphones with the lifetime guarantee, the 33% off, and the free shipping. It's almost Christmas time. They make wonderful Christmas gifts. Um, and your family will have them for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. So until, Tomorrow. I love you. I love you too, baby. Mwah.